On this episode of Fumbled Around, my guest is Bob Feynman, two-time Purple Heart winner. Uh, this guy is a great guy to have on, one of my favorite people. You'll love the episode. Uh, we talk a lot of military stuff, uh, sports stuff. Um, while I have you guys here, though, uh, I believe if you're listening to this episode, the Incubator is probably launched, and you can probably listen to our first show from the Incubator. Planet Incubator is an opportunity for people to uh, submit their ideas and record uh, six episodes of a podcast. Um, try it out. Uh, so this Monday, I believe, we will probably be launching uh, the Incubator. So please check it out. Please check out all the new shows that will be coming out. Check out uh, Sandwich Talk with Carlos, uh, Michael Dupree Variety Hour, and then also um, Best Song Ever, guys. These are a lot of great podcasts. Please support the local artists. Support Planet Ant. I want to thank Planet Ant Podcast Studio, uh, Planet Ant Network, Podcast Network. I want to thank Planet Ant Theater, everybody involved. It's been uh, very appreciative. All right, guys. This is a great episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to Fumbled Around, guys. I'm your host, Tom Steinman, and in the house today, I have one of my favorite people of the world, uh, Smiling Bob Feynman. Guys, if you don't know Smiling Bob, if you're from Down River, you probably do know Smiling Bob. Everybody knows Smiling Bob. Literally, you cannot say Smiling Bob without saying the word smiling first. He's constantly smiling. He might be talking the worst shit to you in the world, the most crap, and he'll be smiling in your face. Bob Feynman, moderately entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I would say most people find you very entertaining, Bob. And your life is very entertaining. One of my best friends in the Marine Corps called me the nicest asshole he ever met. Th- that's a great description. Very apt description. The very gr- <laughs> That's the best description. The nicest asshole. Yeah, yeah. That's you. Exactly. I won't say anything about you behind your back, but I'll say right to your oh, face. Oh, yeah. You will. And you'll smile. With a smile. Yes. It's a very genuine compliment, <laughs> comment. <laughs> Bob, you've come a long way since uh, your elementary school days. If you saw pictures from you in elementary school, you were a big nerd. That's true. I you was were quite a, the book reader. <laughs> you, were, you were the book reader. You had, like, the big frame glasses. You had, like, the snot coming out of your nose. Like, I would have never imagined <laughs> that kid becoming this guy today in front of me. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I've probably mentioned Bob a few times, especially if you listen to the fantasy portion, because uh, Bob is uh, he's in the fantasy league, and he's a, a three-time champ along with myself. So right now we have six out of the last, what, nine or ten titles in the house right now? Yes, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, so we dominate. we'll talk more about that, you know, the fantasy portion. We don't want to, like, you know, yeah, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, me and you in the house together about that. But... Uh, Bob, I've, if you've heard me talk about Bob, I've once said that you won two Purple Hearts. I don't think you went out and tried to win two Purple You don't win Purple Hearts, right? <laughs> right. I was really bad at that job as well. <laughs> I'm getting to You stayed alive, dude. Uh, I'm so thankful that you are alive because, thank again, you, you. you're one of my favorite people. Um, I remember, and it's got to be hard for you, um, but I remember when you came back one time early on, you did, how many tours did you do? You do a couple tours? How do you, how do you word that? Uh, three tours, two to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay. And again, two Purple Hearts. So you've come very close to losing your life. 
Um, I know I saw a video one time when you came back. I, I still can't believe it. You were like in a Humvee and a Humvee behind you. I don't know how, well, like. It was uh, really rare that we actually got the ride in Humvees. So the guy behind us happened to have his camcorder. And we're talking like 2005 where the megapixels were like five megapixel videos yeah. were like top-notch camcorders. And he happened to be looking to the left at like the oncoming traffic like across, I would say across a median, but this median was like 200 yards wide. And he happened to just pan over to the Humvee in front of us, which is the one that I was in. And he actually caught the IED explosion on camera. Yeah. So we're like this tiny little speck off in the distance and this big old fireball engulfs the entire Humvee. And it's just crazy. That's the video. And it, it, it sounds like a cool video, but when you look at it, it's uh, it's. I mean, we're talking like terrible picture quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is, but then you're like, this is real life. Yeah. Like this is what happens in real life. This ain't no. It's not a movie. It's not a video game. It's like, oh shit. It was uh very surreal. Yeah, and then there's and then we have pictures of our Humvee, uh, after the fact, and you see like, there's these like fist-sized holes in the the metal plates of the Humvee. And this was 2005, so it was a, a brand new up-armored Humvee. This Humvee was three days old. We were the first people to take it out. Oh, so man. we were really excited. We didn't have to walk anywhere. And then this, <sighs> this bomb hits it, and the pictures afterwards, the fist-sized holes, they went through the first plate of steel metal. So if it was the old-style Humvee, it would have, like, hit us in the legs. Hit us, I yeah. wouldn't have any legs. Yeah. But they, they all caught on the, uh, the second steel plate wow. of the metal wall. And, you know, a few pieces went through. <clears throat> a few guys were hitting the legs, uh, calves and thighs. Yeah. And uh, our passenger, our, he's a staff sergeant, platoon sergeant. Uh, he's the higher up of our <clears throat> entire 30-man platoon. It had a, a glass window for him. And his glass window had like a half-fist-sized uh, piece of shrapnel hit the window. And the older Humvees, they didn't have any glass windows. So this guy's head would have been gone. Oh, my gosh. It's like, Christ. So, I mean, we're talking like at least three amputees from the legs down, and then this guy would have been headless from the old-style Humvees. But this brand-new Humvee saved five people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it was, and like, looking at the picture of it, it's like, damn, we got fucking lucky. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm 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 glad you shared that story. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Because um, I know it's hard for me to think about uh, just my head injury when I broke my jaw and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I appreciate that sharing that story. Uh, I remember, you know, because we were like 19, we were fresh out of like uh, college and stuff, or not college, but a high school. Um, yeah. When you came back and you showed us that video and stuff, because every time you came back, we always 2005 I was 19 years old. Yeah, man, we always celebrated and had a good time. Uh, me and you've had some really good times when you came back. I remember the one time you came back and we had some Jaeger. I brought some Jaeger. We went ice skating, and we were a couple of idiots. It was because we met with uh, Detroit downtown campus marshals where they had the outside rink and we were out, we were just had a little bit too much at, at a young age and we were just acting I, I flipped over the boards I, Steiner, you remember? the top notch skater oh my gosh I was just flying up. <laughs> well no because I, I was going around dancing if you remember like uh, when that uh, working for the weekend song came on I was doing like the Chippendales Chris Farley dance and stuff like that I was having so much fun 
And then when I leaned against the boards, the boards aren't like regular hockey boards. They were like shorter. So like I thought they were going to be like, you know, mid, mid-level high, chest high or whatever. And I just flipped right over. Luckily, I was fine. But people were just like, what the hell? Like, oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's why I felt too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You fell a few times. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Was it, so was it from that, uh, explosion that you lost your hearing? Cause you have a lot of hearing loss too, right? That was where my eardrums, both my eardrums were ruptured. <sighs> I lost half my hearing in my right ear and about 25% in the left ear. Yeah. So me and you both can't hear well. Yeah. So, so we're always, when I lean into you and cut my ear, no, it's cause I can't hear. Same here. That's why I mean, me and you yell at each other when we got to have conversations. So it's nice to have these headphones on and talking to microphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I spent so much time adjusting the volume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I get that. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was, uh, early on, man, early on, you got a big scare. I mean, we were 18, 19. That's so the, I'm assuming that's how you got the first purple heart. Yep. Yep. Did, did everybody in that, Humphy get one? Uh, no, not everybody. Uh, two more, and then there were three that did not. What was the reason, do you know, of like who did and who didn't? The other two, one took shrapnel. One was a, a shorter, stockier, like one of those well-built people. Like this guy could, this guy wanted to be like a football player at uh, University of Miami. Okay. That was his goal when he got to the Marine Corps. He took a big piece of shrapnel. His caps were so fucking big. He took a piece of shrapnel through one side of his calf muscle, and it came out the other side. Like, you could have stuck your thumb through it. Oh, my God. It was that big of a hole through the muscle. And then the other guy, he got the combination. He got a piece of shrapnel on his thigh and then a piece, like, in his palm or in his hand. And they ended up just, they put us on gear watch. So this meant that we sat in a tent, allegedly watching gear, and we watched DVDs all day. Like, <laughs> so I had never like seen a TV show all the way through, and I finally we watched The Sopranos all the way through. <laughs> we watched that TV show Oz all the way through. Oh man! And then we watched every movie that anybody owned. Oh, that's awesome! All the way through, we had so much downtime. <laughs> like half of us couldn't walk. If we oh. if we had to walk, it was like a half mile walk around this fucking lake. If we wanted to get if we wanted to get lunch or dinner. Oh man! So sometimes we would get together and we would hoof it out and make that walk or other times like one person would go and then bring back yeah, yeah, yeah. box lunches for everybody else but yeah that was that was purple heart number one so um because people in the army and the marines like it's very interesting because you're, you're fighting for something what you believe is the right thing for your country would you do it again would you if you if you knew right now that you're going to go through all those things again would you redo everything again well, it's hard to say, like, if I knew what I do now, part of it is, like, what you get out of it after you go, after you join. Yeah. So it was definitely a learning experience. But sure. If, you know, if, if you reincarnate into my 15-year-old self, I yeah. would probably say no, because I already learned everything that I could out of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you what? say you wouldn't. Like, say you're going back to the 15 you right now. Would you take that same route? Or, I mean, because you can't, like, for sure know, like, what a different route would take. I guess the reason I'm asking this, because a lot of times uh, when I've read stuff like Prisoner of War or something like that, or these people who've gone through, like, very dangerous or serious experiences and stuff like that, when you ask them if they would take that out of their life, they really wouldn't because it kind of made them maybe who they are or something like that? I, I, I see where you come from. I have no regrets about what I did. And it helped, you know, help me grow as a person and help define me as a person. And... You know, you, there's really no way that you can go back in time and say, I would do this differently. 
Yes. So you, you take all, you literally, you just take all the experiences you have in life, and that's you roll them up, and you try and learn from them. You try and make yourself grow and be a better mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And that's what life is. Yeah. You know, learn from your mistakes and do what makes you happy. Yeah. No. Life, life's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, when did you decide to go into, when was that decision made? Because you left, what, on our senior all-night party, which was like the last yep. day of the I school. I couldn't like, go to the senior all-night party oh. because I had, to, I, would have to, I had to leave for, like, boot camp. At like five a.m. and then you know the senior all night party, they was were like cool. strict yeah. dicks about it and said you have to be here till seven a.m. It's like, well, I can't do that's, that. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We're I gonna agree. send you off. To, yeah, exactly. to, you know the war. Uh, nope, sorry. We can't let you leave two hours early. You're locked down in the gym. It's like, come on now. Like you never had any issues, right, in high school or anything like that. Yeah, none. I do remember one time in Mr. Cowell's history class, we took a test. And we're like, he's like waiting, like, you know, for, cause he like knew how many tests were out and he's like waiting on a test. And we're like, what the heck is going on? What's taking Bob was sleeping on his test, on his history test. This U.S. Marine Corps guy right here, we got sleeping on his history test. That's what I remember in high school. So I love history. <laughs> I knocked this test out in two oh, minutes. Okay. <laughs> two minutes I was done with this test. I was like, I could be the first one to turn it in. And like, you know, you're, you're a teenager, so you're kind of awkward. So I don't <laughs> want to turn it in right away. I look around and people, I, I, the people that test text me were like one third of the way through. <laughs> They're like on question five or something. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to pull my head down for a minute, get a quick, you know, two minute power nap. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. I'm nap. I rack out for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I wake up. Now I got. I still have to walk in front of the entire class to turn my test yeah. in. No, I'm the last one to do yeah, it. Now you look a lot dumber. Exactly. <laughs> you, usually there's kids that love to turn their stuff in first. Jokes they, on them. I only got one wrong on the test. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I thought you would have failed it or I something. I love history. Oh, no. I, I ripped right through that test. Really? See, I didn't even know that, that much. Like, I didn't know that part about you in uh, high school. Did you do? Did you have good grades in high school? Yeah. Well, part of the problem was because I went to Riverview for 10th through 11th grade. Okay. You know? My mom was like, it's a better school. We're going to send you away for two. Well, she wanted me to go for my senior year. But by then, I already made my decision to join the military. <laughs> like, no, no, that doesn't matter now. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, your transcripts will help out in college. And I'm like, uh, yeah. screw that. Yeah. I never even took the SAT or the ACT. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you came back. So is that what happened? You came back to Lincoln Park just your senior year? Yes. I told my mom that if I didn't. If she wouldn't transfer me back at the beginning of the year, I would move in with my dad in January, because I was 18, January 2nd, oh, wow. and transfer back myself. <laughs> and by then, you know, I'd already made up my mind to join the military. So she's like, all right, well, your transcripts don't matter, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she knew how miserable I was, because we still lived in Lincoln Park. So I would go to Riverview High School. My stepdad would pick me up, drive me back home. And I'd hang out with all my hood rat friends in Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why can't you just being, hang out with them all day? Being like James Townsend and Jesse Villalobos. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, I miss those guys. James Townsend. I haven't, they have not been mentioned on this yeah, show. He's got like he's got two kids. He's oh, yeah. Happy. He works a game on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see, I see him post photos and stuff on Facebook <laughs> yeah. every once he's, in a while. But, I haven't yeah. talked to Jesse in like five years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since I talked to him. Oh, man. Yeah, so... um. You came back, uh, yeah. We went to. We got to go to. We had a nice spring break that year. I know that. Yep. We yep, were lucky enough good. to both go to Cancun for. Cancun. And I will tell you right now, my kids are not going to Cancun without me. 
I can't believe my mom let me go. <laughs> my par- before like senior year even started, my mom said like, "Don't even think about like going out of the country or anything." Like I didn't even say anything, and like I wasn't even planning on it. Like the reason I even went with you guys was kind of like a last minute thing because uh, Al stepped out or backed out last minute, so you yeah, guys needed somebody. And I went to ask my parents, surprised, like, because we went to a basketball game that day. It was Lincoln Park versus, like, Etzel Ford or something. It was in the car. And we, you guys were dropping me off in my house. I think Alicia was driving or something like that. You're dropping me off in my house. I'm like, well, hold on. Let me go ask my parents. And I asked my mom, and she said, okay. <laughs> I don't know how often that happens for everybody else, but I was very lucky. Like, I was so spoiled in high school. Um, to, just to ask my parents like that. Like, yeah, because, like, Adam had to, like, sacrifice. That was, like, his graduation party. You know, like... I was lucky. I was very blessed. I, yeah, I couldn't believe my mom said yes. Yeah. That was my entire life savings. I at seventeen and a half years old, oh, I so saved you... up like twenty five hundred dollars. Blew it all in Cancun. See, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody else was like saving life money. Like, like I was like, all right, guys, I guess I'll see. Maybe last minute. Yeah, <laughs> that's my lifetime savings. Zimdi, like Zimdi, couldn't believe it when I came back and like, yeah, I could go. <laughs> it was perfect. Good balance. We had four guys and four girls. Yeah, four. Then... Who whose parents look? I definitely no daughters. No kid to mine. I don't care. Boy or daughter. <laughs> it's going to Mexico or somewhere like that I without agree. me. They'll find their own they'll find their own niche hideaway. Yeah. No, but holy moly. Yeah, they'll be in Florida. We could have like bad things could have happened to us. We weren't even eighteen. Well, you got food poisoning and then yeah. you clogged our sink up throwing into it. Well, no, I got no. You yeah, the first night. I was using the whole week of the. Trip. I was taking. I was two. I was going to. It's coming out both ends. All right. Sorry, I didn't know what to do. It was not a good time for me at that point. Oh yeah. So yes, I clogged up the sink. Everybody told you not to eat the lettuce at Subway. Ah, uh, for the whole week, guys. Sorry. Uh, it was your uh, fault. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. I met that girl from Taylor. Her name was. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I forget her name, but Matt Varis ended up meeting her. <laughs> Uh, when he was stationed in South Carolina because she ended up joining the Navy. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious. And I remember Darren went to, like, uh, I think he had a class with one of the, the <laughs> one of them at Henry Ford or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but parents, do not let your kids go to Cancun without supervision like that. Like, Agreed. nothing, I mean, nothing good comes out of it. Holy moly. It wasn't terrible, but, I mean, you don't want to find out what the little devil that your daughter is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Remember that one guy that got arrested every fucking night? Yeah, there was a guy that got, he would get, like, every time we saw him, he was just being ridiculous. And, like, he would take a shirt off. And, like, that one club, they're like, no, you can't come in without a shirt. So he bought, like, the guy behind me, bought him, bought his shirt off him for, like, 20 bucks, went <laughs> in. And as soon as we got in, Petey Pablo, uh, what's that, uh, take your shirt off yeah, and twist it around your head. Yeah, like a, yeah helicopter. Carolina. Yeah. Come on, came on. And as soon as that came on, he took it off, started whipping it around and threw it. Like... Oh, it was ridiculous. Every time we saw this guy, he had one last piece of jewelry on because he would use his like earrings to bribe his way out of jail. <laughs> so when we got it, because uh, what's crazy about spring break, and I didn't know about this, is that like basically we hung out with everybody from our area who went to Cancun together. Like we all had the same spring break. So it was like Michigan transported to Cancun in a way. Everybody was on the same plan. They like that, that student travel services wristband. So we yeah. all went bar hopping at the same bar. So you see him night after night. Yeah. So basically it's just. You know, going like going to Wine Dot now. It's all, <laughs> no. yeah, all, all eighteen year olds of like Down River area, and they weren't all from Down River, but 
they just all had the exact same plan that we did. Yeah, yeah. The same metro, it was all Michigan, like metropolitan, you know, not down river, but all over Detroit area, basically, sat down together to go party. Trying to rack my brains with that girl from Taylor. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago, dude. That was, uh, fifth, how many, 16 years ago or something oh, like man. that? Don't call us out like that. Hey, it is what it is. I'm still young at heart. Well, I go to school. I go to the. I work at the school we went to, so <laughs> I, I get the realization all the time of like how I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was that long ago since I came here, 15 years ago since uh, I graduated. So I get I get it all the time. Uh, all right. So we were uh, we were talking. So you got your first <laughs> Purple Heart. <laughs> yes, yes. First tour in Iraq, right? Yep, yep. And then you said you did another tour in Iraq. Yep. What does a tour mean? Well, it depends on what branch you're in. But for the Marine Corps, a tour is like a seven-month deployment. For the Army, they do like 12 or 15 months. I'm not entirely sure. But they get a break time in the middle of it, so they get to fly home for two weeks in the middle of their deployment. Okay. That's why they're so much longer. Okay. But in the Marine Corps, you know, seven months is standard. And then because I was in it like 05, it was a surge time, so we just got extended. What do you so, mean it was a surge time? Uh, well, uh, they had just sent it was the surge being they activated more troops and they sent okay. more of them overseas. Okay. So our seven month deployment on my first deployment turned into nine months. Do you get paid more for that? Like it, because they change it up on you? Does it like pay or anything happen? Or like, oh, no, nope, sorry. No, I think your pay stays the same. You still get your pay, your combat pay. Yeah. But there's no like bonus or anything. But that's also why we got to watch all the movies that we had yeah. on hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then my second appointment, we got extended as well. But instead of two extra months, this was more like six weeks, so a month yeah. and a half. Yeah. And then on my third appointment, we didn't get extended at all. Thank God. My third one was to Afghanistan, and it was just it was a different ball game. Really? Yeah. Was that pre Bin Laden? Before we got Bin Laden? No, Afghanistan was my third appointment. So 2008, uh, post I. When did we get Ben Laden? I can't remember. Uh, I know Hillary talked about it a lot. <laughs> I think this was pre Bin Laden. Yeah, I think I think that would be pre. Had to have been right because 2008 is still pretty early. I would say Bin Laden was like 2012 or something. It was like yeah. Obama was Obama was the president then. Yeah, right. Yeah, because Hillary Clinton was uh, Secretary of State. Yeah, uh, he, she brought it up quite I a few times. Like Obama was in the war room and he yep. authorized it and he watched it all. Yeah, yeah. So it had to be between what? Yeah, exactly. So 2008. Oh, Afghanistan. You want to talk about? Weed plants. These things are like ten feet high. Weed plants. Weed. Yeah. Well, don't they have a lot of uh, opi- opiate plants there? They, like that's like the do. biggest producer of opiates, I believe. That's that's the cash crop there. Yeah. Uh, poppy fields. So it's like a, it's a tall, skinny, skinny plant, like a really skinny stem, and then on top of it is like an oversized golf ball. And to get the poppy plants, what they do is. They have to walk up to every one of these plants, every one of these golf balls. They slit it with a razor, and then some black pus leaks yeah. out of it. This black pus is what they scoop into a pail, and that eventually becomes heroin. Or pharmaceutical drugs. or, But, yeah, probably it's for that point. Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it seems like but this is why poor, underdeveloped third-world countries make heroin. Because you have to slit every one of these bulbs yeah. and scoop up. It's like it's only a couple drops per per bulb. This is why poor people are scraping heroin. Yeah, they have no other alternative, and someone's yeah. gonna pay them to do it. Oh yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, when when did uh, the second purple? That was in Afghanistan then, right? Or the uh, second Purple Heart? Purple Heart number situation? two was Iraq. My second deployment oh, to okay. Iraq. So the first one was to Fallujah. The second one was to Ramadi. And in Ramadi, <clears throat> we were... Uh, we were, there was a, a marketplace street, which you nobody walked down day or night. Uh, if you took Humvees, you had to have at least four to even drive drive down the street at nighttime. Uh, driving down it during daytime was an option because it was marketplace. You know, there's a lot of people milling around. Yeah. yeah. It's like a I guess I guess like a farmers market around here. Okay. And so we were absolutely not authorized to walk down the street. It was very. Uh, uh, Al Qaeda infested, like walking down walking down the street was a death trap, and we missed our building by one block. So instead, of, we weren't at the marketplace. We were one block away from the marketplace, which is kind of like the the gray area, and we were supposed to be one block. Let's say the marketplace is point A. We're at. We mistakenly went to point B, which is one block west. We were supposed to be another block farther west to building C. So if you picture a line, we were too close to the market area. And we had gone out before dawn. We're talking like 3 a.m. in the morning. Our whole reason for going out, and we had taken like these makeshift periscopes with us. We were supposed to go out before dawn and get situated. We were trying to find a sniper, so our periscopes were to raise over. In Afghanistan, the buildings, they have, like, these weird little, like, three-foot walls on the rooftops. They have flat roofs, and, you know, they tend to, like, hang laundry up there. They put their satellite towers. But these the roofs have, the roofs are flat, and they have, like, three-foot walls. So we're up there with our periscope towers, and we're using our periscopes, and we thought that we were in the right building. We thought we got there early enough in the day when everybody was sleeping, and we were wrong on both accounts. Uh, they knew where we were, and, well, we didn't see a sniper, so we were wrong on that part, too. So what happens when, uh, after dawn, after us being there for two hours or so, sun breaks, rises up, and uh, when you set an ambush, you... You have one distinctive sound. Uh, so an ambush usually comes from two directions. You need one distinctive sound to set it off so that uh, the, both directions fire at the same time. In our case, it was a grenade. They found that they ended up finding the two kids. They were two 14-year-old kids. But one of these kids threw a grenade up on the rooftop. This very first grenade is the one that hit me in the legs. The sound of this grenade is what let the people in the other two buildings know that that's the signal to start firing. So what, not only do I get hit in the legs, but now we're getting shot at from two buildings from two different directions. What do you mean that it hit, like the unexploded to hit you in the legs? It exploded about eight to 10 feet to my right and maybe like, you know, five feet back, maybe a little diagonal. But it hit your legs for like, did it like hit your legs and roll away and then explode or? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. When it exploded, it hit, my, hit me in the legs. Okay, the explosion, okay. Never saw it, never heard it. Didn't know what was going on. I'm already half deaf. So yeah. even when I heard it, I was like, oh, somebody like fell and banged a satellite tower, which was over there. That's how they watch cable over there. They had satellite dishes. 
I thought maybe somebody tripped in the satellite tower. <laughs> nope, I was wrong. After like the two second realization period, yeah, uh, like shit, this is gonna hurt in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I followed them. I followed on my left side. I raised my hand up. I'm like, I need a corpsman. What's and, that? Uh, a corpsman, a medic. Oh, it's okay. a medic. So the Marine Corps uses the Navy corpsman. We don't have our own medical field, so we use the Navy's. Okay. And we call them all corpsmen. Okay. A corpsman, corpsman up. And they see me, and then over the next 15 minutes, four more grenades came over the wall. They're shooting at us the whole time. Somebody dragged me down the stairs, and on your flak jacket, there's a strap at the top of it between the shoulder blades. Okay. Somebody dragged me by that strap down it, and then down the stairs. Because they're pulling up on the strap through my... Uh, my flag jacket, so it's kind of riding up a little bit on my waist. Yeah. Oh, the, no. the corner of every one of these stairs, I'm pretty sure they were like either genuine marble or a good fake marble. Yeah. Oh. My lower back caught the corner of every, every stair. stair. Oh my god. I was worried about you know getting like a slip disc in my back. Yeah, or spinal or something. Me down these oh my stairs. gosh. So this just only added to the misery. So they give me down to the base floor. They give me some couple shots of morphine. Our corpsman patches up my legs, and it was, I think, two and a half hours before the gunfire died down, <sighs> before, before they could get me on. It's kind of like a stretcher. It's a canvas tarp. They call it a litter. Before they get me on this litter, and then we could run back down the base. You were able to run? Oh, no. They put, oh, they put me, on, they they put put me on a stretcher. Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. I got that. Yeah. So six people on a stretcher. I'm looking it up. All the rooftops, as we go past them. Just waiting for somebody to pop over a rooftop with it an is. RPG in hand. I mean, we're prime targets. Seven yeah. people. Oh my gosh! But it's a so it's a it's like a tarp. It's not it's not a stretcher. It's a canvas tarp. Our corpsman was probably one of the weakest people you've ever met in your entire life. Oh no! He dropped the corner of the stretcher. So I think my right shoulder could be my left shoulder, but one of my one of the corners for like my yeah. upper body. Yeah. Dropped me. And all this weight kind of caught everybody else by surprise. So I, my, well, my upper body ends up hitting the ground, and my legs, which were on fire from a, from getting hit by a grenade, are now supporting a good one third of my weight. Oh my gosh! So I was pissed. I bet, dude. Yeah, now there goes double the pain. They finally get me back to base. They throw me in a Humvee. The guy who our Humvee driver was. Knew he needed to get me to a bigger base where they actually had a medical facility. Yeah. So he's flying down the roads, and every pothole we hit. Oh my gosh. I either my head would hit the, you know, the tailgate of the Humvee, the trunk of the Humvee, yeah. or my legs would hit it. It was flopping around like a dead fish, fish oh. out of water. Oh. Ridiculous. And then they threw me in a helicopter, flew me to Baghdad. That's where I was given the the fantastic dose of ketamine. Okay. Which, you know, in a hospital setting, I would do again in a heartbeat, but I'm never going to, like, walk down to the local drug dealer and say, hey, give me some ketamine. No, what is ketamine? Is like a psychedelic or? Ketamine is a very powerful painkiller. Okay. When, when they put down horses on a racetrack, yeah. ketamine is one of the drugs in a cocktail. Okay. It's such a powerful painkiller. One of the side effects is it makes you vomit. The other side effect is it makes you hallucinate. Okay. So when they gave me this 
oh, injection man. of ketamine. It was a fantastic, and I I did throw up twice. But it was like when you see a cartoon and the character gets knocked out and yeah. he floats above his body with yeah. stars above his head, it was like that. Oh, my gosh. And it's an upper, too. So I was, like, so giddy, uh-huh. and I loved every minute of it. So I'm telling all these the corpsmen and the surgeon around me all these ridiculous stories of, like, being out in the field because these people sit in the base. They don't, know, they don't know what it's like going outside of the wire. Okay. They've never been on patrol in their life. So I'm just amusing them with the yes. tales of, you know, this is what war really is. It's yeah. Not, it's not three hots in a cot. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out of here, nerd. Uh. And so at the end, after the surgery, they, uh, the, the, what was left in the syringe, they're going to throw it out anyway. The nurse took pity on me, and she was amused. And yeah. she, she liked me enough that she ended up shooting the rest of it in the male IV. <laughs> 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 she said, "Have a good one." Oh man! Oh. <laughs> Worst pain in my life. A piece of shrapnel went through my heel. It hit the right side. It got caught on the left side, but it didn't go all the way through. Uh, so this doctor scraped away at the bone uh, to pull this piece of shrapnel the rest of the way through. Excruciating. I clenched down so hard on my teeth, I thought they were gonna crack. Yeah. Man. <sighs> That's crazy, dude. Well, Thank you for sharing that. Still here. You're still here. You're still here. Still smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an optimist by heart. You're right, dude. Uh, you 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 know you make me an optimist sometimes. You know when I think about like uh, you know when I you get to, everybody gets down on themselves a little bit, but when you think about like what you go through and you're like you know what you know I've had friends or I know people personally who've gone through tougher, worse, and you know you're one person that comes to mind. Like what you did, you know, sacrificing from. Age eighteen till what? Uh, what? When did you get out? Twenty right before my twenty third birthday, December second, and my birthday was one month later. So was that like five years? You did like five years or four years? Five, would I did four and a half only because I extended to go on a third deployment. After getting two purple hearts, you're like, you know, maybe I'll get a third purple heart or something. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see what Afghanistan was about, and I'm looking around. And like these people, are, some of these people are going to do 20 years. It's like, what's five more months well, to me? <laughs> and they were ridiculously short staffed on like senior Marine. Really? The squad that I am joining, the squad leader, this was his second deployment. His first deployment, he spent at a desk job. They had no team leaders. They oh, had, my gosh. They, everybody else, this was their first deployment. It's like That's they're, walk, they're walking into a buzzsaw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you needed some expertise or some uh, experience there. Yeah. Um, so you're like, all right, I guess I'll do this again. I'll have to <laughs> show these bozos how to do this. Um, do you have any, uh, like, hard feel? Like, you said they're like, the 14-year-old boys that threw the first grenades, like, how do you do? You have do you ever think about them? You have feelings towards them? I don't have any feelings towards them. When it first happened, I was like really angry. I was like, "Fuck, lock me in a room with them. I'll interrogate I'll, them." I'll, yeah, right. But now, no. Um, now that you're older, I'm older. I'm much more, I guess, understanding maybe or just laid back. Looking, you know, they grow up in that environment. If yeah. you grow up and your dad's like a hardcore Al Qaeda kind of guy, you're gonna grow up in that environment, right? But I mean, they're 14. So yeah, like yeah, it's not you know what I'm saying like so at at some point you got to think that other influence and environmental influences yeah. put part in that like what would you be exactly if we were put in that situation would we do would we have done the same thing that they did you know because yeah. 
I believe that a lot of times when you're fighting a war, neither side thinks they're like, we're the bad side. <laughs> we're fighting for evil. Like, a lot oftentimes they think that they're fighting for what they think is good, even if you might disagree. So I think what those kids might have thought was like, you were the bad guy, right? Yeah. And they were the good people. Trying. They're, they're kids. They're brainwashed. Their yep. family pressure's on them. Yep. And you have the old expression, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Right. It might be that way around. I but know, yeah. but that makes sense. That's a perfect thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's all, you know, obviously the winners always get to write the history. Yeah. So yeah. it's always from their perspective and how evil the other side is and stuff like that. And they don't really self-reflect on themselves on... You know, they'll try to like, oh, yeah, we did uh, slavery for a little bit, but, you know, let's keep, remember the civil, you know, remember, let's go move on. World War II, remember when we did World War II, how good we were? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's talk about World War II. Yeah. We came and saved everybody. Let's, let's talk about, yeah, U.S. and Europe. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. like, not talk about the slavery or, you know, the Native Americans, you know, anything like that. World War II, guys. Um, uh, Kim's grandma passed away recently. Uh, oh, Kim, I didn't know. I'm sorry to hear. Uh, you know, she lived a great life. Uh, thank you. Uh, she lived, I want to say, she was like in her late 90s or something like that. But you could obviously tell that she was a woman who was well-respected and did a lot. Wait, how could you tell she was a woman? Oh, gee. <laughs> well, I could not tell if she was a woman. Uh, she identified as a woman, Bob, all right? Uh, but uh, a very good maternal lady. Uh, I, I know she, like, lost her husband, like, a while ago. But, like, just everybody was emotionally impacted by this woman and stuff like that. But. So, uh, the burial of like the ashes were yesterday and, uh, into the, the plate next to where, uh, she was being buried at a couple of them. There was a couple world war two vets and one of the guys, he's a, he's a vet himself and he like cleaned off their plates and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a brotherhood that kind of happens, you know, it just made me feel appreciative. Like, you know, like even if I'm against war, uh, like a certain war or something like that, I just know that like. These guys are fighting together in a brotherhood, and they think they're they're helping what they think they're they're doing what they think is the right thing. It's never easy, and it, it, they're gonna look after one another. Yeah. At eighteen, I didn't know what I was signing myself up for. I right the merits of war. I didn't really think about it. That wasn't really no. at the forefront of my mind. They don't tell you, right? They're not like, hey, you're gonna go. This is gonna happen. You know, they're they're telling you the good stuff, right? Like yeah, the money you know, you're gonna make. And you know the same thing that the public does about you know the justification of war mm-hmm. and whether you agree with it or not it doesn't matter i didn't really know at 18 anyway yeah so it's like don't hold that against me yeah just, yeah no for I'm sure trying to help out i'm trying to get out of my hometown it's like i needed a gap year before i went to college if i went to college after high school i drop out in two years with thirty thousand right. dollars student loans right how do i get a gap year without my mother bitching at me every sunday when i'm over for dinner <laughs> 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 uh, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna sign up for the Marines. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm gonna go for a challenge. <laughs> and part of the reason I ended the Marine Corps is because I went to the recruiting office and the Army door was shut. They were like, I, I was gonna ask. Bridge. I was <laughs> like, uh, why? How come the Marines are like you're really gonna try? You could just went to the Army, yeah, but they, they were on their lunch break. So <laughs> you're like, all right, I guess I'll. Yeah, walking down the hallway to the Marine Corps office. They're like, yeah, we'd love to have you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. You're young and dumb and gullible, uh, apparently. Like, what? You want to sign up? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you said no to the Army? Yeah, yeah, you're going right in. Oh, man. I once, uh, once I was uh, getting close to, like, graduation of my college. So, I don't know. My, when did I go to college? For, like, 10 years or something? No. It was, like, five or six years. Plan, a lot of basketball it, classes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I graduated, like, 180 credits. Something ridiculous. You I got graduated. a communications degree, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't have a communications degree. Oh. <laughs> I got a teaching what? degree. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Yeah, should have exactly. got a communications degree. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. Not getting paid to do this. <laughs> I don't know what... A, if I had a communications degree and I was doing this and not getting paid, that definitely wouldn't be good. <laughs> You're a teacher. You barely get paid. <laughs> hey, we got a new contract. And uh, I make... Decent now that I've like, cause, uh, I've been teaching for so many years now. And when I moved to public schools, they gave me, uh, cause I had like a good start out right in Detroit. Uh, they were like, I, I was making more there than I would have like for my first five years, basically in any public school or whatever. So I was taking a gamble that I might lose those steps and stuff like that. But luckily once I moved to public schools, they were given, they gave me the years and then Lincoln Park just signed a new contract. So and I just like got in and they're going to like get, let me skip another year. So like it, it all worked out pretty. I'm doing all right. Nice. nice. I'm happy. And so uh, in the new contract, so uh, they finally, uh, we got some good deals like toward, especially in a few years when I like reach my max or whatever, like I can make, I can live happily. Like I, I'll be, I won't be well off or anything like that, but I'll be fine. Like I don't, I'm not, yeah. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Be I don't love the poverty line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, I know there's a big movement for like people think teachers should make sixty thousand dollars. Like, start off. Like, I think so. Like, that's how you're going to get people to come into the field. If I you agree. want good people, you got to pay them well. Like, I know that would be oh the summer breaks, blah blah blah. Like, they earn it. Don't you want good people working in your yes. schools? Yes, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it does sixty k with a bachelor's degree might be a bit high, but I even if it was fifty k, but like you, you'd be competitive agree. and more because like well, right now you go you could go work in Detroit at some of these places and make fifty thousand to start off, and like to me that's a lot easier than trying to learn a profession of like teaching. Yeah, I went to school four or five years, but like it takes you seven years in the field. So to what, become what good. was your starting pay as a teacher uh, in Detroit? It was forty three, but uh, a lot of times. But I didn't have I didn't have long summer breaks. I was starting off with like uh two. It was a, it's, it's a whole totally different program. But a lot of schools were starting. You know, will start you off under forty thousand. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. Especially yeah. with a bachelor's degree. Yeah, you have a bachelor's degree, and then again, like I was saying, like the field experience that you need, it takes a good seven years. Like, there's a reason why teachers cry in the first couple of years and stuff. It's hard. It's hard to know the subject matter. And to have classroom management, and then also to communications with parents and stuff, and these high pressure, you know, situations where everybody's expecting you to be so great, but nobody else wants to do anything like the community right. environment. It's just and, the parent or the, the and teachers. It's not just. It is. There's like a, a dereliction of duty by the parents. They expect a teacher to raise their kids. Yeah. And there's just too many kids in a class. Yeah. And then teachers are bombarded with. They have to make a new lesson plan every day. Oh my day. gosh! You can't recycle last year's lesson plan. No, that's Not one like of the changed. That's one of the things that just happened. So uh, I work with Mr. Hartman in the U.S. History class, or whatever, and like I never had Hartman for history, so I never got to like even though I had him for yearbook and coach hockey and stuff like that. It was a learning experience for me to get to watch him teach history, and I think he actually does a really good job. It's very direct and simple, like it's a PowerPoint, but he's good at like storytelling and stuff like that. They basically want him to like regut it and like put everything everywhere, and it's, it's like. Oh my gosh! It's like, no, it's stop! Funny. Yeah, stop tearing yeah. stuff down and trying to redo it. Like, take what we got and let's add on to it or something like that. But to like gut it, start over, and move move everything around. It's just like, for what? Today we're talking about this. Let me freestyle the lesson. The kids will be engaged. They'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't put that on paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you burn out the good teachers. Yeah, and so and then you know if you're making under forty grand and then you have these student loans or whatever. 
then you're like, oh, well, I got to work another side job. I got to I got to yeah. wait tables or I got to do something yeah. to I pay my Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're not even really taking the time that you need to be the professional you need to be in your field because you're working these stupid side jobs. And then you're coming to class tired. And when you don't get your sleep, you're going to be a little more agitated. You're not going to be a good teacher. You're not going to do a good job. Yeah. So now the disruptive kids burn you out even faster. Yeah. Can we just pay teachers 60? Is it that bad? To, is it, would, would it cost us that much? To pay teacher sixty thousand dollars? No, but we're a progressive income tax. All right. Anyways, <laughs> got me going, Bob. Uh, you know, so uh, was that it? Did we get everything with your three? You know, with your three? T- I appreciate you really sharing these stories. It's very, it's a learning experience for me. Oh, what I was gonna say when I was gonna graduate college, I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. I wanted to be like, be a t- you know, you're always like in these crises, like, what do I want to do and stuff like that. So I went to like the, I, I went and like visit the, the recruiter and I was way overweight at that time. And they're like, yeah, you need to lose at least like 60 pounds and stuff. Uh, but my mom was like, when I told my mom, she was like, no, like my mom was so scared. Do your parents scared at all? Or were they just, uh, they were kind of resigned that I'd already made up my mind. Uh, they were, yeah. I was 17 when I joined, uh, you know, I joined the delayed entry program. Okay. So they had to sign off on my paperwork. That's late entry. Delayed. Oh, delayed. Delayed entry, yeah. I was like, that's not late. That's pretty oh, yeah. young. <laughs> early entry. Early entry program. Yeah. So my, my mom and I think both my mom and my dad, they had to sign off on it at the recruiter station. Yeah. And so they kind of knew it was coming up, and they were supportive, a bit apprehensive. I had been dwelling here for the last couple of years, and the fact that I, you know, a 145 scrawny-ass kid in high school actually was going to join the Marine Corps, <laughs> Everyone's like, what the hell is this guy thinking? <laughs> I could have believed it. I remember because, like, again, you were like, you know, you're, you weren't the Bob you are now, who is, you know, as built as you are now I, and stuff like that. It took, I mean, takes you to high school, 155 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So I was the same height. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you weren't known to be like athletic or like super what? tough or anything like that. So, uh, who said that? I'm, I'm hunting them down now. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody said that, Bob. Those fucking dad bots are going to get beaten. <laughs> I think Bill, Bill Bedoro is probably the first one to say it. No. He would. <laughs> still sucks at Eric, Eric would say it? No. Eric would. He's a garbage basketball player. Is he? I tried to, uh, since we, ha- we, we had a, like a little bit of a late cancel, <laughs> I tried to text Eric to see if he wanted to come join us or whatever, because I know he would love to talk crap to you. Oh, yeah. Nope. He's you know locked on by Tracy. <laughs> on you out, Eric. Fucking nerd. He's got his own podcast, podcast rivalry. Oh, yeah. So. What is he at? 52% support. <laughs> uh, now you got me. Is it, I think it's 78. Is it 72 or 78%? Or 78%. What? 78%. Giving head? That's what it is. <laughs> oh. uh, so you did your tours, and then you came back, right? This is where the sports talk begins, because then you went uh, to golf school, right? I did one year of community college, said, this is lame. I went on a road trip, and I kind of like couch surfed with family and guys in the Marine Corps. One of the guys said, hey, there's this golf school. He was in Hilton Head, but I couldn't find that one online. <laughs> so when I got back on this road trip in, like, July, I Googled golf schools, found the one on Myrtle Beach. And then in September, I threw all caution to the wind and moved on to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> and so that was like a vacation to myself. <laughs> That's where the party started. That's where the strippers and cocaine came into play. <laughs> you know, that was like, that was a, that was a fun party phase in my life and then yeah i got after i got a grad at golf school after 18 months still a mediocre golfer then i kind of buckled down and i went to u of m dearborn got my bachelor's degree but i just finished my master's degree in december yeah yeah so you just took like an 18 month little 
break from yeah. you know a little, a little break from you know almost dying a couple times to like all right before I get my life going I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have a little bit of fun. The whole point was to avoid the cubicle job that I'm in now for uh, as long as I could. So yeah, I was you, like 30 years old when I started working at the cubicle. Okay, so you did it successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you accomplished. Uh, and with you got to go to that school because of the GI oh, Bill. The GI Bill paid for it. Not only did they pay for the school, but they gave me a monthly stipend of like. $1,400. So they paid you to go to golf school. Which fed my stripper and drug habit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so my apartment was uh, kind of like a, you had to take like a road off of a highway to get to the, my apartment. And at the corner of my apartment was a strip club. The next building over was like a fireworks store or something. And then it was a golf academy. Nope. <laughs> then it was a bar. Then it was a golf academy. Then it was another bar. Shut up. And then across the street was another strip club. <laughs> oh my gosh! So my I eventually I invited a guy that I was in the golf school with to be my roommate. So on Fridays we would pregame with the strip club at the corner. Oh my! <laughs> and then you know go to the bar next door to see if there was like anybody anything interesting going on. And then we would go to like downtown Myrtle Beach. They have the Senior Frogs. They have like they have a whole downtown area. It's pretty cool. You park in a parking lot. And you walk in, and it's like it's like a whole isolated strip of bars. And then a new bar opened up towards the end of our time in, in Myrtle Beach. And they had, I think it was $3 shots of Patron. <laughs> so that was pregame stop number two. We go to there, meet up with all our friends from the golf school, oh, do a God. bunch of shots. And then we would just run around Myrtle Beach, you know, talking to whatever tourists were in town. And, yeah. Trying to convince them to come back to our apartment with us. Oh my god! <laughs> so was it was it a bunch of other GI guys? No, I was pretty. There was like two other guys that were in the military. So other people like paid to go to the school, bud? Oh yeah, it was like eight grand a semester. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So was it like a bunch of like rich guys? You think or something like that? Or no, no, all, very few of them were like from like wealthy families. They just <laughs> loved to play golf, and a lot of them ended up going on being golf instructors. Okay. Like the two or three people that I still like see on. Facebook or Snapchat. Okay. They're doing well. But they these are people that just love golf. Yeah. I went to the golf school. You know, I probably average nineties, I could touch eighty on a good day. Yeah. But I was not a good golfer by any means. These people are coming in shooting eighties. They leave the golf school shooting par. Wow. Seventy two or seventy four. Nice. They were they just they were amused to have me in their foursome. Oh yeah, you're just I like, brought the entertainment. There, you're, yes. Sometimes you need that, right? <laughs> you, you got all the competitive, good, hard work. Then, all right, yeah. we'll bring this guy. He needs different. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. I can see that. My golf game really improved. <laughs> my swing from coming and going was night and day, night and day better. Yeah. If I practice more now, my goal would be to shoot in the 70s. But I just I don't work on my short game. I'm still a terrible putter. Yeah. Stupid part of the game. Could you? Uh... <laughs> Would you be able to teach me? Like, I want to get into golf. Would you be able to help coach me up a little bit or thing? Like, I could give you the general lessons to get you into the 90s and a good swing and that you would enjoy the game of golf. Good. That's what Because I, I just don't want to start golfing and create a bunch of bad habits and then try to fix those, like, go through fixing those habits. Because, like, I know how, like, when you first play sports sometimes, you kind of, like, lean on certain things. Like, you, it, something works for you. Even though it works better for you at that time, it's, like, not the right yep, way yep. to do it. Terrible it's a quick thing. way to do it. That was my original golf swing. Right? No, Routine. so, like, 
I'm, I'm like afraid to like go do a bunch of like golf swings and then like have a habit of like what it's like and then try to break that habit because you hear like baseball players like breaking a habit of like other swing or something. It's, it's hard to do sometimes. You gotta get it takes a lot of time to get used to. Yep, yep. But your your golf background or your hockey background would help out a lot too. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I I played with Josh Wilson last year. Yeah. In golfing and I think last year maybe the year before it was like his first year golfing, and his hockey swing because he played hockey his entire life. <clears throat> It gave him a good foundation. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I, I feel like it's something I can. I'm pretty competitive and I'm pretty athletic. That I feel like I'd be pretty good over time. And I, would, I mean, something that because it's hard to get a bunch of guys to play any sports anymore. Like you, I do softball every once, but this guy's our age. You know, 15 years out of high school, started to bring that up again. But uh, <laughs> we get injured a little bit easier and stuff like that. So golf is something that we can actually do. And nobody wants to do anything. Yeah. Part of the reason I wanted to get good at golf, I wanted to get good at golf early. Because, you know, it's a game you play for the rest of your life. Exactly. So you kind of, you know, foresaw that. I want to be good at 30, then learn of the game at 40. <laughs> so I already got a head start on you nerds. Yeah, you need it. But you're the nerd. <laughs> you're the unathletic nerd that needed to get the heads up, you know. Yeah. Who's calling me unathletic? <laughs> Text me the, their names. The only thing you're athletic at are, like, beer drinking sports games. Like, uh... I played baseball through high school. Well, I played baseball in ninth and 10th grade. <laughs> I played football. I played ninth grade football on the freshman Lincoln Park team that went 0 and 16. <laughs> I rode the bench though. So how do you go 0 and 16 when you only play like six games? <laughs> I I rode the bench. You so rode the I had bench. nothing to do with our losing record. Yeah, because you would have helped Bob. I would go in like the last two minutes when it was already a blowout. That's ridiculous. I didn't know you even played those sports back in the day. You played high. You played freshman. You played baseball for the. Uh... It was a JV team. Yeah, ninth grade JV. Baseball and then ninth grade football and then I transferred to Riverview, so I'm ineligible my first semester oh, yeah. transferring yep. per Michigan rules. Yep. So I played baseball in tenth grade, and I you know I talked to like the coaches and whatnot about playing football in eleventh grade, but I still didn't really know anything about football and yeah. I I'd only played for one year in ninth grade yeah. and I I rode the bench the whole year. It's yeah, like, that's what happened good. to me. I played. Uh, like middle school and eighth, I tried to like join. I dro- I did. I didn't try. I joined the middle school football team, but there was like there was like. No one taught me anything. Like, there was just a bunch of kids. They're just like, all right, you're pretty big. Get out there. Like, I, I think I could have done, like. Stand there. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, put the big kids out there. You, you got a mustache. You hit puberty early. Get out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you look like a linebacker. Get yeah. Out there. Hit the like, quarterback. I kind of like, I, I feel like I could have done something. Madden. Madden really taught me a lot yeah. about football. <laughs> I would say, yeah. I didn't, that's how I'm like, oh, I get this stuff. Like, different yeah. routes and like different, yeah, like what Formations. guys are supposed to do and yeah. like. Yeah, this is where your linebacker goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lincoln Park football did not teach us that. So you know nope. Brian Ambrose is the new coach. That's why they lost. You know he's the new coach. Uh, I did not know that. I thought Brian he was Ambrose. Baseball. He's, he is the head coach of baseball. They just made him the head coach of the Congratulations, Ambrose. whole football program. So you he's got not be a downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's any, yeah. Right. If anything, <laughs> anywhere but up. I mean, right. Right. You're going. Was oh. it still Greeno? Was that or who's the last coach? I don't even know. Green, maybe, or something. I don't even know. Yeah, set the bar really low. Well, I mean, well, they had the TV show. We had a MTV TV they did, show. They didn't air it, though. Yeah, they did. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought they had it on hold. And then no, they... the TV show is just as bad as the team was, though. So, like, that's probably why you never saw it. <laughs> like, they were, like, trying to, like, draw up, like, drama and stuff between the Like, yeah. Like, kids, it was a bad football team. And there just wasn't that many interesting kids. So, they, they like, try to, like, I think they try to, like, draw, like, Drama between like Lincoln Park and Allen Park, like they like recorded like the little kids like in a, like one of the restaurants that's on like Champagne or something like good that. Good rivalry, it's yeah. very one sided. Yeah, you, when you lose all the time. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, it's like yeah, 
it's a rivalry to us. Like to them, they're just like, what? A, oh, it's yeah, we'll steamroll. We'll steamroll these cons again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got this, Ambrose. We competed with them in uh, if you ta- you. <laughs> in 03, We competed, or it would have been 02, but the 03 class. Uh, we had a, we played one half with the uh, Aylor Park in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. It was close, and then they blew us out the second half. But if you talk, if you talk to the players, they'll talk about that first <laughs> half. Like, yeah, we had them. And... That was the highway to their lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was. It's like so, varsity blues when the guy with ten year old varsity jacket on. <laughs> seriously, you, you you'll talk to the players. Like, yeah, they bring up that game. Like, just how many fans? Because it was like obviously Aylor Park, Lincoln Park. They were. Yep. It was the second round of the they playoffs, and like they, they, it was the most like that most. It was the most at least like a park. So we're like playing in front of like in a crowd, I'm sure. Most of those guys. It's probably seven seven, so they're all talking about defensive plays. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh but that was a pretty good team we had actually. The talent wise. I I just don't feel like we ever had we don't have like a good program, like from young to old in Lincoln Park. That's what we're trying to like do, I guess. I don't know, that's it takes a lot you gotta of time. Start a- Fundamentals a little bit earlier. Yeah, in middle school, middle school is gonna be a shit show too. Yeah, well, because like a lot of times we'll have like good talented kids, but then they yeah they don't know they're not, they don't have like the smarts or they don't know the basics or something like that, and like no one taught the the talent alone allowed them to be like really good, but no one ever like sat them down like this is how you get better for the long term. Yeah, so sure. we peak early. I played ninth grade. Nobody even told me what a defensive end did. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, get the quarterback. Yeah, what? Like what? yeah, someone just break it. Down simply for me or something, so is I know. Like, is there a very basic playbook that I can get? You know, a five-page <laughs> yeah. printout, something to start. They didn't so, do anything, so I'm on the same page. Yeah, it's like I know nothing about football. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, you line up here, you get the quarterback. So, and then a lot of times in the park, we have issues with like kids being good at a young age and then going to a different city or something like that or a different school to play their high school lives. Yeah, you know, I don't we. Blame them. No, I, uh, I mean, this year in baseball alone, like, uh, when we played Southgate, like, two of their best players, Lincoln Park kids, Allen Park, a couple of their best players, a couple of Lincoln Park Like, if we could keep all those kids here with the team that we had, it would be really good. I hope they got a, a hit by pitch. <laughs> we should start doing that. That'd be funny. <laughs> every time a kid's from Lincoln Park, another, we just hit them every time. That would be awesome. Be right in the thigh. That would be awesome. Now we're school of choice. Now we're a good football team. Uh, well, we're not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still a work in progress. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, school of choice, so, like, kids are going to keep, they keep going, like, farther south or something, or, you know, like, the you know, Wyandotte, or then Southgate, or then um, Flat Rock, or if they have to, or whatever, or some of these charter schools or something like that, or, or Catholic schools. Anywhere but Lincoln Park. Yeah. Amos, I, you got a tough task ahead of you. No, yeah. <laughs> I think we could do it. I think it's going to take some years, but, like, uh... I love Lincoln Park. I really do love the kids and stuff there, man. You know, it just uh, just takes some organization and some structure that they need. Um, we're learning. You know, we're young. We're still decently young as, like, men. You know what I'm saying? Like, early 30s. Like, I plan on being there 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, so I'm going to keep growing, hopefully, in the next 20 years. And we make this whole program better. Everything better in Lincoln Park, hopefully. Only my waistline is growing. See, I'm trying to work on that. I think my waistline's got a little bit smaller. You're still in good shape, dude. Do you still run and everything? I hate running. I do the elliptical machine. You hate running? I do the elliptical machine, and I like uh, lifting weights. Or the rowing machine. I got one in my my apartment. Yeah. I didn't know you hate running. I thought you ran all the time. It's bad on your knees, and I'm fat. How much you weigh? I'm not fat. Uh, 185. I'm like, like 185, 190, so you're not. So I got I got my gout diagnosis. Oh no, you got gout. I have an acid buildup. Yeah. How did and you know you had that? 
oh, it flared up in my foot, and it, it was excruciatingly painful. Yeah. I have an uncle who had gout, and like, yeah, I could get, like, he has to like, take off work sometimes and stuff like flared that. Flared up right after St. Patrick's Day. So I did a blood draw, and then they confirmed it the next day. I went back for my checkup just this past Monday, and they said, your acid levels went down, but you have to take this daily pill for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. Oh, my God damn it. And you have to limit your beer consumption. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't beer probably bad? It's the worst, yeah. Just don't drink beer. So now, yeah, now I just drink whiskey. I drink Captain and Cokes or whatever. (laughs) I was going to say, just drink less. (laughs) Beers will be a treat. So uh, you're allowed to drink other alcohol? Does beer affect it because of the weed or something? I wouldn't say allowed, but (laughs) it doesn't flare up my foot or it doesn't flare up the joint pain. So, yeah, I'll make it work. Gosh. I, I try to tell the kids that I work with and stuff all the time, like, get a good diet, get good sleep, like, start taking care of yourself now. Like, we're still at early 30s. Right, right. You know, and, like, the way processed foods and sugars and all this have gone into our American diet, I want to break it so much, so bad. The energy drinks I see them drink and stuff, I'm like, guys, stop, stop. Yeah, you don't need Gatorade when you're thirsty. Yeah. Too much sugar in it. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about these, like, Impossible Burgers, these vegan burgers. Yeah. I think they're going to be good. They're they're better for the environment than cows pooping out methane every day. Yeah. And, you know, people need more plant-based food. You don't need that much red meat in your diet. Yeah. They say you need a, a plain deck of cards of red meat a week. Really? It's all the red meat you need in a week. So what about these diets that are going like all red meat? Is it keto or No, uh, no keto's, uh, keto's no carbs. Okay. They're not. They're not red meat. They're like turkey and uh, and chicken based. Okay. So okay. those are good. Those are on the right track. But I mean, you don't need that much red meat in your diet. And as Americans, we grow up on like McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King. And then every year they like supersize it, so you get a medium. The portion oh, yeah. is what the large was five years ago. It used to be worse. I feel like. I feel like when we were growing up, like everybody like supersize thirty nine cents for the supersize and yep, stuff yep. like that. I think people are more aware of it now. Yeah, and that's good. That's yeah, because I would be like, well, why wouldn't you get a super like thirty nine cents? Get more food. It makes yeah, sense absolutely. not to. You're, you're you're ripping me off if I don't do it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I want to get the best bang for my buck. Yeah. So, uh, like that's kind of like wheat and rye food. Like I feel like wheat and rye. Like I don't care for the food anymore. Like. As I've grown older and I'm trying to, like, lose weight, I'm less gluttonous. Like, instead of just, like, trying to fill me up with a ton of food, like, I like better food and I try to eat slower and I try to, like, enjoy it and stuff like that. Wheat and rye just gives you, like, huge portions. Yeah, your plate-sized burger. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, uh, I used to get, like, the chicken salad croissant sandwich. Man, that thing had to be, like, 2,000 calories alone and then get, like, cheese fries or something like that. Ah. Can't live like that anymore. No. No. So... Kids, if you're listening, start now. Start doing stuff better now. Fix those habits. As I was saying, like I don't want to create bad swing habits. Like start fixing your eating and sleep habits now while you yeah. have. You know, I'm not saying you don't want to. You know, I used to play cards and stuff like that. You want to stay up every once in a while or something. You know, your kids, go ahead. But yeah. start making better changes now. Cut, pop out. Don't yeah. One oh, pop a week. Oh my god, right. man, pop. Kim gets pop and like. I, I just, when she gets it, I crave it. Chet brings pop around. Like, ah, it sucks. So like, I just, I'm like, oh, let me have a sip. I need a sip. Come on, give me, just give me a little bit. Come on, come on, come on. I just want a little bit. A little bit. Mm, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Coke <laughs> from McDonald's. Oh. Talk so, dirty to me. Ah, right? What's, I'm sure nothing's better than a nice Coke after a long night. Make, uh, Mountain Dew from Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> that's my bugaboo. Ah, I used to, I, I can't even like drink. I used to, cause, uh, 
I had Mac on the episode last week. We were talking about like playing cards in my house, and my mom used to like. My parents just want everybody to be happy, so they're like, you know, have whatever you want. They just fill the basement with like pop and stuff like that. But I, if I drink, I couldn't even drink a twelve ounce Mountain Dew anymore. Like it's so sweet, it's so thick now and stuff to me. Like again, like probably because my taste buds changed because I started drinking water and eating healthier foods and stuff like that. But it's nerd. it's overwhelming <laughs> now when I drink a Mountain Dew. I am a nerd. I'll I am gladly a nerd. I'll still beat you down in any sport you want to play. So whatever, golf, <laughs> bring it on. Except golf. Teach, you got to teach me how to be better than you, <laughs> which won't be hard. Because with my athletic ability, your oh, non-athletic ability, I'm going to be better than you in no time. Sitting there watching you flex. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't be trying to teach me wrong things. <laughs> no, I'll give you. I, I need more golf partners. Okay. Well, I don't want you to be, you know, don't be trying to, like, get guys that you're going to be better than. So, like, make I, me, like, I do wrong things. I golf with Bill Benora. He's a hack golfer. Moderately decent. Moderately decent fantasy baseball manager. I have like moderately good things to say about him. Moderate. <laughs> He's supposed to come on soon. I know he, he said his daughter has had like softball tournaments or something like that every weekend or whatever, and like the rainouts. And so I think maybe early July he'll be coming. You'll have to point him to this podcast for preparation because I'm sure he'll say nothing but good things to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you you graduated golf school. You're a golfer, and then you went to you got you went to U of M Dearborn, and then you got your bachelor's, and now you got your master's, and now you're working out in Ann Arbor. Ann Ar- Ann Arbor, no, Auburn Hills. I still make the same mistake. I call it Ann Arbor all the time. Do you? Yeah. There's no pistons out there, even. So, like, what what goes on even out there? Nothing. Less traffic. Do they do anything at the palace? Kind of a win-win. No, not yet. Nothing. Like, do they do they do concerts or anything? Uh, no. It's kind of run down now. Oh man, it's kind of in disrepair. That was like a nice building, though. What? Like they were talking about putting that top golf location in the palace. Yeah. But they ended up in a different building right next to Great Lakes Crossing. Well, they need to do something with that because it's a pretty nice building. It's not like it was like the Silver Dome or something like that, where it's like, oh, okay, we could just. Get rid of it. It right? had a good foundation. They had a good seating base. But I think there's just whatever they want to put there, there's just too much around already established. So you can't make a concert venue because they're already in Detroit. Yeah. They got DT everywhere. They can't, the Top Golf didn't want to go there. So bring up, bring back the Vipers. Right. They could. <laughs> the Detroit yeah. Vipers, baby. Uh, they'd be better than the. The uh, the Red Wings. Speaking of, uh, we can talk a little bit. Of, you know, that's your whole life, basically. I don't know if am I missing anything. That is my life story. That's your life story, dude. It's a very interesting, loving story. Uh, glad like I said everything happened. Now you're here with me, so uh, thank you. Uh, but the Red Wings, the Red Wings, the power rankings came out right now. Is a, I mean, we didn't we haven't talked much Detroit sports. There's a reason for that. Oh, yeah. They're not very good right now. That's true. They're not good. April and the D kind of died out real quick. Yeah. Did we do an April and the D this year? No. I don't right? They're like last year either. I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're not very good. I think it died out two years ago when the Tigers went to shit. Yeah. So Detroit sports have been very bad lately. Uh, the power rankings for the NHL have the Red Wings for next year being 27 out of 31. So another good maybe draft pick, maybe. It's a rebuilding. Hey, at least we got Eisman back. <laughs> Eisman as a GM is huge. You know he doesn't play anymore, right? That's true, but <laughs> we don't have Ken Holland as our GM. Yes, that the, is true. That dinosaur of the seller cab era. Yeah, uh, probably overdue. So yeah, I'm good to get. I'm happy to get some new blood in there because it's been a while, and it's been a while since we've been relevant and competitive. Uh, Dadzuk is not coming back, so I don't know if you heard he was thinking about coming back. He's not coming back. I love Dadzuk. I don't know, like. He probably would have been a guy that I would love to a fault. Like, I would have loved him even 
when he shouldn't be playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let him be a fourth liner. Yeah, just, I don't care. I love him. He like, out gracefully. I remember. Skills. I remember Jesse Villalobos uh, <laughs> in uh, high school in math class. Uh, so it was probably tenth, eleventh grade. Whenever Dad's here, came, I was like, "That's my, that's my, that's my Red Wing." Before we were doing like, "That's my Tiger." Like that, I was like, "Dude, I love that guy. He's just so smooth." Like they didn't know it was going to translate, and it did. Yeah. So gritty playmaker worked out well. Yeah, but uh, Red Wing's got some good young guys, but. Uh, it's still probably a couple years away at least or whatever. You never know in the NHL if more so than like other sports, like a team could be good. And yeah, be, you, a fifth rounder could come up and yeah. you know, he could be on the first line and carry the team for a bit. It, it, it's harder to predict hockey, I think, a lot of times than like bas- basketball. I think it's pretty easy to pick. Like you know who are, who's basically going to make the playoffs and who's going to be there in the final four from the beginning, basically. Basketball, once the season starts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, the, even the draft in basketball is still it's it's a crapshoot there too. Oh yeah, sure. Look at Draymond Green. Yeah, he was like a seventh rounder or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't have that many rounds of basketball, but all right. <laughs> uh, the, the the NHL just had their draft, but nobody even talks it. Like you don't even know about it because first of all, there's usually not as big of an impact right away. It usually takes at least a couple of years. Even like the top guy uh, Hughes is probably going to take a little while. Where Zion initially will probably come in a little bit quicker and have an impact or uh baker or not baker mayfield but who got drafted uh who's that the quarterback from uh murray kyle murray there we go the guy who got drafted by the athletics but then decided to go he's gonna have an he's gonna play this year and stuff like that so uh i, I get why there's more excitement i guess around the drafts of the nfl and nba and yeah stuff basketball like that. football you, you, can, you can get drafted and go right to pro yeah or the baseball like nobody even knew like uh the baseball just had their draft yeah like, like yeah. casey mize was our hyped up prospect and he was pitching at single a at the beginning of the year yeah well casey mize has moved up there's a development period he's like the number two prospect i think now like so he's he's moved up even like because he came into this year like it's like a top 20 or something like that right but now he's like the top pitching prospect killed it in single a killed it in double a but i think he has like shoulder inflammation or something. yeah yeah they thought it was gonna be a little bit worse so i mean this thing he's young and pitchers oftentimes have, no tommy john that's good yeah yeah so, uh, I mean, we really need him to headline our prospects if we're going to want to be any good. Like, if he gets hurt, that's that's the next four or five years. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's just a heartbreaker. Like, we know we're not going to be good for a couple of years. It's tough to sign free agents when... Oh, no one's going to want to come inside. Yeah, when you have no prospects coming up. The only guys that are going to come here are when we guys come in on a one-year deal or something like that to try to, like, Gain yeah. their value, and then we could like trade them to like a yeah. playoff contention Somebody team. Had down here. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that's like Jordy Mercer. That's what you hope. You know, you you pay him a five million or whatever it was. You hope that he like can do good, and then you can try to move him midway. And most of them don't pan out. That's the worst part. Yeah, uh, he's not. Josh Harrison hasn't worked out very well. We went and signed uh, Matt Moore. He got hurt. We went and signed t- t- uh, Tyson Ross. He's out. Yeah, like just not nothing's really worked. The only trade pieces that we've really got to trade are probably Shane Green. Teams are very interested in Matt Boyd. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, he's pitching like a top 10 pitcher in the major leagues, left-handed. Um, but do you give up a guy like that? You know, In our current city, we kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, I think you, but you don't, don't, you don't want to give him up. You need to get we the need return. We need a couple of like triple A people or well, some draft picks. You want to get the return you want. Uh, I would say at least two top 100, like top Hundred prospects, so they don't have to be like triple. They don't have to be ready for next year. But two guys who are rated in the top hundred, you know, even if they're like fifty and seventy-two or something, and they, you know, but they'll move. You know, they're a couple years away because sometimes the guys a couple years away will move up the rankings as they get closer. Yeah, and we're uh, clearly rebuilding. Why keep a yeah. guy in his prime if we can get? Yeah, 
more better prospects yeah. and greater um, prospect pool. You don't want to give them up, and you, you know, because you, you don't want to give up a guy who ends up being like a Cy Young, and you got nothing for him or to return or whatever. So you're I, talking about Porcello, Scherzer, Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Michael Fulmer comes to mind when uh, they, you know, it was question like, should we move him? We could get a lot for him right now, but you know, he might be an ace and stuff like that. So I agree with you. I think they should probably do everything they could to get rid of Matt Boyd, just because it's harder to be more of a sell high, I guess, if you want to wait. If he does this for another whole calendar year, and we come back next year, yes, it could go up. But how much more up can it go? Right, because right. we're talking about like another year of service even. So like yeah. other teams, if you're trading for it, you're talking you're like, oh, I get the next three or four years out of this guy. You're going to be, hopefully you would think, willing to give up more, especially because you know that he's under a contract and you now have to pay him. If you pay him a lot, it's because he's done so well through arbitration, he's making a ton. But you're fine with that. That's fine. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, so Tiger suck, though. <laughs> uh, they are, they're in a tough spot. Yeah, uh, their record... It's a long rebuilding period. Oh, yeah. The record, 26 and 46. We're second from last in the division to the Royals. The Royals are 26 and 51. But if you look at the run differential, the Tigers are minus 135. So we're not just losing. Like, we're losing bad. And Because the Royals are only minus 64. So we're more than double the amount of run. Like, we have a little bit better record, but we're more than double the amount of runs differential. So, like, we're getting killed. We win those close games. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't win those either. We just, uh, we just get blown out 10 to yeah. nothing. We're in the bottom five. So we're in the race for, like, uh, that top draft pick. But it's going to be hard to probably beat the Orioles. The Orioles are in a really tough division. Uh, and they're just bad, and then their 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 whole Orioles. farm system's bad. Orioles are setting records for home runs given up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're ter- yeah. If you got like if you play fantasy, like pick up anybody that's playing like the Orioles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're twenty two and fifty five. Their run differential is minus one seventy one. They're the only team that has the worst run differential than the Tigers. So they're the only team that's probably worse than the Tigers. But again, they probably they might play harder teams than they play Boston, the Rays, and the Yankees. You know, and even Toronto, that's better teams than what the Tigers are playing and the Royals, the White Sox, Cleveland, and the Twins. So the Twins on their, their home run mashing streak. Yeah, yeah, they're doing great. I but can't that's how good the Twins are. Yeah. Uh if you were to listen to the episode with me and Eric, I I, I believe I said that. I, I'm looking pretty good, I think, right now. I haven't looked at it quite, but uh we did we went over every team over under on like wins and losses, and I'm I'm looking pretty good. I, I was high on the Rays. I think I believe I picked the Twins. I listened to every podcast is my research for walking here You today. did not do that. <laughs> who leads the Tigers? I always love this question. Who leads the Tigers with home runs? Uh, I don't even know who. I couldn't even name three Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Brandon Dixon. I didn't even know that till this morning. His name rings about, what is he, like 12 home runs? He has nine. <laughs> nine, nine home runs. We don't have anybody in double digits. He has nine. Last <laughs> week when I did this, Jacoby Jones, he was leading the team. He had eight. Cody Bellinger, like alone, has twenty five. Oh yeah, pick your own guy in your fantasy. Team. Well, I just know that from uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick my own. How but many I just know Peter that Peter Alonso got how many? I don't know how many he got. I don't know. Come on, you should know that. You're, uh, he's on your team, so. But I'm just telling you, a guy like Cody Bellinger, I know specifically. Yes, he is on my team, but he has twenty five. I also know that because that's how many he hit last year. Peter has twenty six. Does he? He probably he's definitely up there. I know he's like. Uh, no, I, think, I think he's more than that. He but, won yesterday. But that's what I'm saying, though. So a guy who just comes up probably has more home runs than our whole team does. Peter Alonso really screwed me coming up. I thought he would sit for a month in Triple A ball. Yeah, no, he got uh, called up. So did he. That's what happened to Eloy Jimenez too. Like I thought he was going to be in Triple A or whatever, and they uh, brought him up. 
opening squad. So, yeah, but Pete Alonso's been killing it. Surprising because the Mets have still sucked, right? Like, they're how are they so bad with that pitching? And then you I got this guy. Them every time. You got this guy <laughs> that comes up and he's killing it. Like, you wouldn't even expect him to have the first month. So, that's nuts. Uh, yeah, and home runs are up, but not for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of the league. Rest of the league, everybody's killing home runs. Not the Tigers. Tigers Dick. bring it back to the mean. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous how few runs were scored, like home runs. Like Cassianos, man, it just sucks because we need to get rid of him. And the way he's playing, like who's going to want anything from him? He's already, like, doesn't have a defensive spot. Like, you know, I want to put him anywhere in the field. And now he's not even hitting? Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Or is he right field, a lead-footed right, for, right fielder? He's one of the fields. Left field, right field, left out. Like, he... Should be left out. Our DH spot is filled. I know. Cabrera's got making $30 million, hitting singles. What is he at? Nine home runs for the year? Eight home runs? No, he doesn't have that because I just told you, Brandon Dix at least the team with nine. nine. Last week it was Jacoby. I, I don't know if Cabrera has five home runs. Like, it's. I don't know. Bill Benor drafted him, waiting for a bounce back. He just dropped him finally. What Bill Benor drops. So you know everybody's giving up on him when Bill Benor drops him. Because <laughs> Bill loved the guy. Bill. Bill a year ago was like trying to trade Miguel Cabrera for like Chris Bryant and Paul Goldschmidt. You get. offered him an awesome trade like two or three years back, and he sat on him. I'm like, you're an idiot. What one? I don't. I thought you offered him a trade. Oh, for I've Cabrera. offered. I probably did. I offered lots of trades yeah. and stuff. I try to give good offers and stuff like that. Uh, I, but you know, some people take them, some people don't. Uh, I take any trade from Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Because Chad always offers me five hundred dollars for my players. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's not a trade yet. Yeah, uh, no one told anybody yet. I'll, I'll be curious to see if anybody could get five hundred dollars like you did. Was it you that put up the outfielder, Kansas City? What's his name? This Older year, guy. Lorenzo Kane. Well, yeah, Kane. He used to be. You put him up. Yeah, he's doing garbage this year. He's like five home runs and five stolen bases. Oh, uh, he just stole three bases uh, two days ago. He's a $51 keeper. He's a $51 keeper. Nobody wants him. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I hope he I hope he gets the Lorenzo Kane treatment. Or not Lorenzo. <laughs> the uh Carlos Gonzalez treatment where I put him <laughs> up on for auction, no advise him, everybody talks crap, and then he comes out and kills it. He might. That's he what I'm might. hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Because they got a bet three and four now, too. They took him out of the one spot. So, you know, maybe things switching it up a little bit. You think he would steal more bases in the one spot? He wasn't getting on base. Can't steal if you were getting on base. <laughs> so how does the three spot help him? Uh, just a different position. I'm hoping to hit, you know, he just does better in that spot. Sometimes, you know, guys do better in a different situation. So, like, Ronald Acuna, like, move him to the leadoff spot, and he kills it. Like, it doesn't make sense, but he just kills it. So, uh, I don't know. Just, you know, sometimes switching things up for players, you know, just helps them out. Uh, but if somebody wants them, I'll, you know, keep them. I'll give them. He got, the day I put him out for auction, he stole three bases. So, I don't know how often that happens. I put up Nomar Mazzara as my drop player in the trade that I made, and he has three home runs in the last three days. Oh, no. So there's nothing you can do about that because he's going to be dropped. Yeah, he yeah. had one that's like the longest one since the StatCast era, like 500 and something feet. I've been drafting this motherfucker for the last two years and waiting for him for some breakout year, and it's probably going to happen in the second, second half of this second, year. That's, <laughs> that's how it works, dude. It's so hard to know how long to keep a guy. and like Alex Bregman, two years ago, dropped him. Darren picked him up. Yeah. Won the championship. And then Darren bought him last year for like 120 bucks, and yeah. then kept him this year. Yeah. He could have had that guy, Bob. Don't worry. There was one point uh, when Jay dropped Bryce Harper the first year. I'll never forget that. <laughs> could have had like a $5 keeper for the rest of his life, and then Jay dropped him. Because I thought about tra- offering him a trade for him or whatever, because it was before he got called up or anything. 
I'm like, nah, he probably won't take that. And I should have, because he probably would have, after I talked to him. But everything would be different. And who knows if I'd have the championships I have now, right? Everything. Probably none. Dude, I don't know about <laughs> that. Maybe more. Who knows? They're a uh, crapshoot. Me and Gabe went back-to-back years as six seeds and won it all. We'll talk about that in a sec. We'll get to the fantasy talk all in right. a second. Just want to get over some other stuff real quick. Uh, the NBA did just have their draft. Uh, Zion Williams went number one. Who? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Uh, the Pistons had the 15th pick, I believe. Uh, they took a, a guy that people are, you know, it's a, a high upside pick, it sounds like. He's 18. He's, he played in the French League. His name is Sekou Dambuya. All right. So he's, he's they consider him a project. So it sounds like this year that uh, in the draft, because they went with a few projects, so it doesn't seem like to me the Pistons are necessarily playing for this year. Which makes sense to me, but as a player, if you're Blake Griffin, you're like, "What the, you know? Come on, man! I'm trying to win." Yeah. So surround me with talent. Yeah, you know, I'm not looking for you to play for two, three, four years. I'm your superstar. If you want me to be happy, start building around me now. So maybe they get rid of him or Drummond. I wouldn't be surprised if they can. I think you gotta go rebuild. You can't. I I hate this whole mediocre 500, make the playoffs, get out of the first round. Yeah, you're just stalling. You can live in that limbo forever. It doesn't mean anything. You're not going to get fans to come. No one's going to get excited. Yeah. Blake Griffin was a signing that got fans excited. For a little while. And they're not going anywhere. Yeah. People yeah. are going to see through after the first year. Yeah. So uh, I talked about it a little bit last week. They moved down to downtown Detroit. Um, still nobody's really going. You need a good product. Detroit's a sports town. They'll come if you have a good product. Yeah. Put a good team out there. Good team, put seats, fans in the seats. Yeah, besides the Lions, the, some reason they still sell it, but there's only eight <laughs> games for that. If there's eight games, Pistons games, I think we'd probably sell out. How are the Lions so bad year after year? It starts with the, the top you organization. Know, in a league that claims priority, you think you would luck into a playoff caliber team one year. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're getting first round, you're like first overall picks all the time and stuff like that. You think you're going to acquire some talent and make a nice little run. I mean, and then Calvin Johnson retires. <laughs> I know. He's like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and now there's like a dispute between Calvin and like the organization about like money or something like that. Because then I think they're trying to get money. And I don't know how I feel about that, but like, I do know one thing: we have superstars who don't like, who care for the organization, and Barry and Calvin. Like, that's not a good, like, right. you know, like. Your two franchise players that people are going to know for the next twenty years hate the organization. Yeah. How are you going to bring? More top tier talent over. Yeah, like well, why would anybody trust you or want to come here or want to? Yeah, like this organization is shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's like you, Le'Veon Bell leaving Pittsburgh. You know, how how are you going to bring a superstar? Yeah, n- nobody wants to come here. Like, unless we we have to oversign them. Yeah. Like, hopefully Tyler Flowers is pretty good, but we had to pay him. Mm-hmm. No one's coming out because you know I, I want to play the Lions style of football or I believe in that coach or You're paying twenty percent more for a free agent. Yeah. And then they hate their whole time here anyway. Yep, they're just but they're getting paid, so they're like whatever. Um, yeah, it, it starts with organization. It starts with Matt Patricia now, and um, I'll be I'm curious to see year two. I think he kind of messed up year one. Hopefully, he learned some lessons. You know, sometimes you learn that the hard way. I think he came out a little too tough or tried a little. It had wanted too much respect out of the gate when you haven't necessarily earned it yet. Like you're dealing with men here, and he's also he's. A bit young to kind of demand that yeah. kind of respect yeah. by people. He hasn't he hasn't earned it. it with no credentials. Yeah. yeah. You haven't earned it yet. It is what it is. You know, like come in, be happy, be grateful, and expect high expectations, but don't come and be like a dick. Don't think you're Bill Belichick. You've got to be a you know, a little stricter than the last coach and yeah. establish the groundwork to being 
the firmer, more sterner coach. Yeah. Yep. You can't demand that. You can't make those demands right out of the gate. Yeah. Especially if you've never even won a football game. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. They beat the Patriots, though, so. Yeah, one of our few wins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like they're going to have, like, a, a co-practice or something like the Patriots. Of course they are. Of course they are. <sighs> Patriots. <laughs> I wish we had the Patriots, man. Like, this town would go nuts. I love Tom Brady. Yeah, every oh, year Michigan we have to watch them together go at blue. the Super Bowl. Michigan man. It's one of our few, you know, chosen rights as Michigan fans. Yeah. Well, speaking of Michigan, uh, College World Series baseball, baby. Hell yeah. Michigan go on blue. the map. Unseated. Unseated. They're going to the World Series finals. Uh, they've beat some great teams on the way, including starting off, I think, number one, UCLA, like early on. Like, these guys are going on a run. Their last game, they uh, they won uh, 15 to like three or whatever uh, against Texas Tech. was just unbelievable. Um, so they're getting a lot of praise. The coach is getting a lot of praise. The coach said a comment, something like he wants the team to look like America, meaning like how diverse it is and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Um, it's awesome to have, you know, even if it was Michigan State or if it was Central, or if it was, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm happy because it's putting baseball a little bit on the map for Michigan. We don't get a lot of credibility when it comes to baseball compared to these southern states or these west coast team states and stuff like that. Correct. If if you know anything about college baseball, Vanderbilt's one of those powerhouse yeah. college teams. Yeah. Which I mean, nobody follows college baseball anyway. <laughs> but nobody would think Michigan to go college baseball and then go pro. It's yeah. not what your thought is if you're playing college baseball. Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome to be on the map like that and yeah. to, to be this deep into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I want everything, for the state of Michigan itself, I want to be the best at everything. Like, I hate people leaving this state to go to other states to, like, try to achieve things. Like, if we could keep everybody homegrown and want to bring people here rather than go away, uh, you know, it's hard to have good baseball because we have cold weather and stuff like this. So this is what makes me so much even more proud that they're able to beat these – SEC teams or Pac-10 teams or whatever that play in the nice sun all year round. So, way to go, boys. Derek Jeter, Steiner's calling you out. I don't care, man. You go to the Yankees, you bum. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just want, no, I'm saying I just want people to stay here and be better rather than, you know, oh, I want to be a baseball player, so I'm going to go to Florida colleges and stuff like that. Like, no, let's do whatever we can to be the best here. Um, and that includes, like, movies. Like, I hate actors and actresses because that, that happens in the comedy scene, you know? People go to L.A. or New York or Chicago. But if we kept all that great talent here, man, like, we could do some great things. Um, you know, Tim Tim Robinson, uh, I'm going to mess his name, Tim Robinson, the guy from Detroiters. Uh, have you seen the show Detroiters? No. Uh, well, it's a great TV show, comedy, uh, called The Detroiters, uh, Comedy Central. <laughs> Uh, but those guys are from like the Detroit area, Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson. And then Tim Robinson just had his own uh, Netflix uh, comedy sketch show or whatever picked up. These guys are awesome. But they came here and recorded the show in Detroit. They did a lot of the recording in the Detroit area, and I love them for that. Like nice. They brought, came back here, and you'll see people in, like, in the community or teachers and stuff that I've had in the, in the shows and stuff like that. So they didn't have to do that. They could have just recorded in L.A. Would have yeah. been no problem, but they wanted to come here. So you know, I, I appreciate that. I hope you're an extra one day, and that's your big break, and then we see you in L.A. Oh, I, I don't want to go to L.A. I want to bring <laughs> it here. You're not listening, Bob. I want to bring everybody here. I want to bring the film industry here or, like, it's the town here. Deaf. What's that? <laughs> it's because I'm half deaf. I do not want to go to L.A. I, I don't think I'd fit in L.A. Like, I don't – people frustrate me, and they really frustrate me there, I feel like, because it's so <laughs> fake. 
That's true. I don't like fake people. Like, I can't deal with it. A lot of traffic as well. Yeah. I can't deal with their fake lives or just like, oh, so everything's so great. BS. BS. <laughs> don't fool me. So I'm not going to, don't worry, guys. I'm not going to LA until I do. <laughs> He'll visit. Maybe. Uh, there are some like people out there that, because again, there's people that, you know, from the community of improv or comedy that move out there. So I do know a couple of people out there, actually. So maybe. Maybe one day I'll visit it. We'll see. Uh, so not a ton going on sports-wise, you know. We just had the NBA Finals, just had the NHL, Stanley Cup. Uh, baseball is going on, but Tigers suck. So, and it's in the middle of baseball, so every team plays 162 games. So we're in the middle yeah. of that. So, it's just, you know, it's fun. A lot of home runs this year or whatever, but just not a ton of sports going on. Uh, one thing that I did look up right now that's kind of big is video gaming. So they're having the video gaming World Series and stuff like that. I, I don't know if it's, I should have looked. At, I don't know if it's in Vegas. I guess it would be in Vegas. My guess, but like uh, they're having a Fortnite World Cup, over thirty million dollars in prize money. Thirty million dollars in prize money for that video game has tournament. Exploded over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, the most famous gamer you might know is a guy named Ninja. I guess he just failed to qualify for the World Fortnite World Cup. I heard of him. I heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of that name too. I don't know him very well, but I definitely have heard of that name. So for not being too huge into like gaming and stuff like that, um, this was on ESPN. So is gaming becoming like these games are becoming a sport? So I know they had the League of Legends league has been going on for a while, and they had the Counter Strike. I have played none of the three games we have mentioned, but these leagues have been going on for a while. But the fact that the prize money has exploded, even just over the last five years, yeah. is ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I have kids, again, teaching. Kids, some kids are so addicted to these video games. And, like, I want to, like, I'm t- like, stop, stop, stop playing them. Like, stop staying up all night, not getting your sleep. And it's crazy how, how addicted they are to some of these. And I get it because I used to play some. I used to play like, The Sims and time would fly by or something like that, you know. I get it. Right. It's scary though. But my my mom or my parents would never allow me to like waste days on end or anything like that. Like, no, get outside. Well, you can never make money from it now. Yeah. Now, now if you're a little chubby little high schooler and you can't play baseball, you're out there. You're gonna be playing video games, I trying know. to make trying crack a career that way. So I, I thought about like starting like maybe like a gaming club, but it kind of scares me because I don't know if I want kids to get into gaming that much, or if I want to be an influence on them and getting to like gaming or something. But maybe I'm the right person because maybe I could tell them to like condense it or you know like there's a time for it and then other times you got to work on real life things or something so you want to be the gaming mentor (sighs) i don't know am i the right person i used to be a big gamer i used to love i I mean i I was in nhl i was a top like 100 player for a minute when i want to be good at something i could be good at it. it's just if i want to commit the time to it there's only so much time i have see you on the golf course I know, baby. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. I get see you on the golf. I can't be w- waiting to whoop you around. Oh my god! Oh, I didn't even golf yet. I'm already talking crafty. I know. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. This whole the video gaming thing because I used to love video games that I feel like it has made me who I am. And part of me, you know, just strategizing and playing things. Um, I don't know. Something I'll have to think about a little bit more if I want to try to include it more. Yeah. Because I don't want to be, like, old either, you know? Like, I, I want to ad- be able to adapt it. And if these are the way things are changing, I just want to make sure kids are understanding the impact some of these habits can have when they control your life. Yeah. you. It's a quick fix. You still have to go out and socialize and learn things. Get yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Piss your parents <laughs> off. You don't have to get in trouble, kids. Be, be a kid. Yeah. Moderate amount. You know? Yeah. Don't want you getting arrested for, like, felony arson charges, but... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss your curfew once in a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a half hour. <laughs> uh U.S. soccer, men's soccer team's doing pretty good. They're playing like in a gold club, gold cup. Uh, they're they're two and zero in it. They're about to play another game to see if they move on. Uh, the women's team's playing for like the World Cup. Uh, they're doing really well. They just beat a team like thirteen to nothing or something ridiculous. Yeah, it up, yeah. Yeah, they were killing it. They're always pretty good. The women's team, we don't have any issues. Our women's team's usually pretty good. Yeah. Our men's team's uh, not very good usually. Uh, but more locally, I don't know if you know this. Uh, Hamtramck, uh, we have a, a football club, soccer team. Football club. Yeah, I know that. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it. it <laughs> the Detroit City, have you heard of the Detroit City Football Club, DCFC? No, I have a life. Uh, well, if you had a life. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like them. I, I, you might even know people who you've probably seen on Facebook, maybe. But they're, they wear uh, maroon and gold colors. Uh, but it's a football team, Detroit City Football Club. So it's like a professional soccer team, but it's like the lowest like level of like professional. Um, but they play right down the street at uh, Keyworth Stadium, I think it's called. So we're in Hamtramck right now. Uh, but they're doing great. They're in first place in their league. Uh, it's like eight teams in the league. They're 6-2-1. and one, So uh, they're unbeaten in their last eight games. So congrats to those guys. I'm hoping to get somebody on the show from them soon, actually. What's up? You said 6-2-1 and one and unbeaten in eight games. In their last eight games. So, yeah, 6-2-1, and one, unbeaten in their last eight. That's nine games total, and they've lost two of them. Their last – no, they, they tied two of them. 6-2-1? and one? Yeah. Six, two. Well, they tied two of them. All right, but so six, two, and one. Yes, six, nine one games total. Nine games total. I don't know if soccer does it that way. Soccer's I'll, weird. I'll follow him when Chet joins. <laughs> Chet should go try out to be like their goalie or something. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, he was supposed to come on today, but uh, I guess he couldn't make it. My God, ah. kids, kids these days. It's probably not even his kids. It's probably just him sleeping in. No, he's afraid to come on. Why? You gonna roast him? Uh, I could. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think he's afraid to like he might maybe look stupid or so. I think he's afraid of looking stupid. I want to know when Bill Bonora comes on, and I want a microphone, and I want to sit in the back room, so anything he says, I can refute it. <laughs> can I just have you on with him? Can you just want to come back on I when he comes like, on? I need like a curtain between us. <laughs> Why? Because he'll just sit there and insult me the whole time. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. You won't make any progress in the conversation. Just that's all right there, he'll just sit there and talk trash about me that's great <laughs> i'll talk i'll help him i'll jump in for sure tag team about you then i'll help you tag team him perfect just i know what i'm about don't tag team me Bill, <laughs> bill's best finish in fantasy baseball is second place Ah, to me that was a long time ago too i was a champ that, that was, was his first year that was his first year that was his first year so let's just uh i mean i'm not gonna take a break let's just get into the fantasy so if you're still listening to this part of the episode this is the fantasy back to the future fantasy baseball talk with bob Feynman. <laughs> Uh, if you were listening earlier, uh, me and Bob both are three-time champions. Uh, last year, at the draft, Bob was the only three-time champion, and I came into the draft. I told Bob, I have a better chance of winning four championships than you do. I only had two. Right now, we're both with three apiece. We're both looking pretty good. Uh, we're both in playoffs right now. I'm leading my division. You're in second in your division, uh, but you're playing the first-place team in the whole league. I have the second best record in the you league. You have the second best record in the league. That is correct. Um, and you're beating the first place team right now as you're playing each other. We are having a good matchup. Uh, I was winning all the pitching categories earlier in the week, and now we have swung. So now I'm winning the hitting categories. Obviously, you haven't listened to the episode. We go to my matchup first. No, <laughs> <laughs> no joking. 
Uh, I usually do talk about like this, like the league overall standings and stuff a little bit, but then I do go like based on we go to matchup by matchup. And uh, usually mine is first, though, just because on my page, <laughs> I'm the first matchup. As it should be. No, well, if you were on your page, you'd be the first uh, matchup on your screen. Uh, so I don't remember what I said last week, but uh, Jets in fifth place and, uh, and Dodgers are in sixth place. So those are the, the bottom two teams of the playoffs uh, struggling to, you know, like everything's pretty close between them. Uh I'm sorry. I'm going all over the place. Let's go to the East. We have, uh, that's your division, Bob. Gabe's in first. Again, though, you are beating him in a close matchup. Uh, I do have you probably winning that one, uh, is my guess, but we'll get to that. Uh, Again, you two, you're you're five games back, so if you beat him by a few games, you're going to be a lot even even closer within the division reach. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? My next three weeks are against, like, the 12th, 11th, and 9th. Oh, nice. So you got a nice little schedule coming up. Yeah. Uh, I hope you leapfrog him. I think I play Gabe next week. I need that bye week. I hope you stomp him. You're (laughs) my bugaboo. You beat me both times we faced off this year. Uh, You only have two losses, right? Uh, Three now. Eric beat me last week. Oh, Eric just beat you. So before that, though, I was, or I've I've beaten you twice. You were, yep. I had a nine game, a nine week win streak. Yeah. I was hoping to tie my own league record for consecutive matchup victories, and then you put a stop to that. Yep. And I took the tiebreaker so in case I'm we played. I'm down my headphones and I'm leaving. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I got the. I'm happy to have the tiebreaker because uh, I do feel like you're probably gonna be a playoff team. I so hope somebody else beats you in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, right. Uh, so do you remember Eric? Eric was out of it. He said. He said he was like, "Give it up." You, you saw his post, right? He posted. That I think he was drunk and angry that he was losing that matchup, but I think he ended up winning that week. Yeah, he beat or me. Tied it. He, was, he beat me. And that he had a, like a remedial post like a week later, yeah, apologizing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now he's still kind of in it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. well, he's in the playoffs right now. He's in the sixth spot. Uh, it's funny because you you had a message that you sent out, and then it looked like somebody erased it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that, that a late night infused? Yeah, it was mostly talking trash to Bill. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, we still all have that, right? It was for humor. And if you saw it, that's perfect. If not, then it was deleted anyway. Yeah. Well, I still have it. That's so awesome. if you ever try to run for office or anything, <laughs> I don't even show that. I have no intentions of doing that. But yeah. Uh, it was you know, for entertainment. Yeah. It was just funny that you delayed it because I'm like, where'd it go? And we're all like, what the heck happened? <laughs> but we still got it in our email. So just to let you know. It's not God. If anybody needs some blackmail. I wouldn't expect it to be. Good. <laughs> I'm glad somebody saved it. It was amusing. It was very amusing. Uh, and then last of that division, 11th overall, California Angels. But he's having a good week this week, and he's gonna. he has a good team. And he could fight his way. I don't think he's going to win the division or anything, but he could definitely fight for a playoff spot. I am surprised he's so far behind. I thought he had a solid team in the draft. Yeah. And it's just like his key people are underperforming. Yeah. Uh, offensively, he just hasn't probably been performing that well, especially when you lose a guy like Aaron Judge. And then Machado wasn't – he's been doing good more recently, like the last week. But till then, he hasn't done anything or whatever. So when you're, He's you're, been solid, but not the all-star that you would expect. He's not even been solid. Like He's been like a, not even a top 12 shortstop. He wasn't even like that. So when you're expecting the guy to be like top 30 overall or something like that production uh, – because I do feel like his offense was already a little bit weaker than his like pitching. He had like because you spent a lot on his pitching. Um, it wasn't a bad offense, but you're just relying a lot on those superstars, and then those superstars aren't performing, so it's it's hard, you know, to compete, especially in that division when six of those weeks have we've played already against been division opponents. So he's played you, Gabe, 
and Eric six times already. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. So, so, I mean, going into the season or coming in, like I knew somebody was going to be affected by that schedule. You just didn't know exactly who. I thought our division would be there'd be a lot more parity with the uh, in division games. Yeah, and then somebody would get cut out of the playoffs because somebody from a, a weaker division had a better record. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely like that's I think that's why there's so many teams in it still because of like yeah, some of the better teams might have a harder schedule or in that you know. Seeing Eric and uh, Victor in that division makes other teams feel like they have a shot because maybe they don't think they have a better team than those two teams, but they can make the playoffs over those teams because of the schedule. Edge them out with better record, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's so there's only one team with a, a sub 400 record. Yeah. And there's just so many people around the playoff bubble. Yeah, uh, like last year, uh, there was a bigger gap between like the, you know the last place team was like really losing, which was you, right? Like yeah, you, it was you, me. You probably had like a three hundred. I knew that going into the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent the bare minimum on yeah. my budget. You had like a, a little over a three hundred win percentage, which was pretty low. And but the the top teams all had like really really high winning percentages between me, Chet, and Adam. Like like Chet broke the record, and then me and Adam would have been like the best records any other year, basically. There was like somebody with a 700 record going into the All Star break. Yeah, you know, like a 720 win percentage. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And even finishing the season above 600 is impressive. Yeah. So this is more in line though. Like Gabe's in first right now at 623, and he's about to lose probably. So he's probably gonna go down more than that. So no one's gonna be more than like over a 600. So there's definitely a lot more parity, like you've been saying, in the league. Um, yeah. So that's that division. The Central. Uh, Chris Mays is leading that division. Uh, he's 60, 48, and two, but he's probably going to lose this week. Chet's been making up some ground. Don't count Adam out. I still like Adam's team. Even though he's nine back, it'll be closer after this week because he's playing Chris. So uh, those three teams will be less than probably like seven games apart between those three teams. Uh, I personally probably like Adam's team the best still. Um, He's got some good pitchers. And Verlander, uh, Charlie Morton, uh, he just traded for Walker Bueller, who's like been like the number, I don't know, twenty-three player overall or something, something ridiculous. And then if Blake Snell comes, you know, I like his starting pitching. And then he's still got some good hitters too, if he could turn it around. So, but it's not the normal team that we're used to seeing Adam have either. You know, and I'm saying That's like true. it's not running on all cylinders at this a lot of times Adam would be so far ahead of his division at this point of year. This is this is a little bit odd to see. You know? Welcome to reality, Adam. Yeah. I think, uh, personally, I think Chet's team's, uh, he's got a good offense. He's really weak at pitching. I think he's been getting maybe a little lucky lately. So, he's just, it's hard when you're heavy on one end. Like, when you're not well-rounded all the way around, when you're competitive, like, not competitive and everything, it's hard. Sometimes you can have a bad, you know, if you have a bad week now in that one thing that you're good at in the offensive area, you could lose badly. Luckily, yeah. that hasn't happened for him lately. He's been on a win streak, and um, I just don't feel like longevity right now. Without any move, being as said, his team right now is not competitive. Like it's not. not I don't want to say not competitive. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't scare me in the playoffs. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I want to play that team in the playoffs. Out of the playoff teams. Yes, yes. You know, and not saying that he's not better than some of the bottom teams, or but I'm saying like if we're going to the playoffs, and I want, I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope I play him just because of like I know I could, I should have advantages in pitching and stuff like that. You'll you'll find you'll find wins in other categories wherever he's excelling in that week. You could make it up in other other categories. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, 
if you were to listen to the episode, I had Jay on. Did you ever, you never listened to the episode I had Jay on, did you? I listened to every episode. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> well, I had Jay on an episode, and Chet will never stop talking about it, because Jay basically said everybody was in it except Chet. <laughs> Since that's happened, Chet basically has not lost. Uh, Chet's in the playoffs now, if we were to end it. And Jay's at 12. <laughs> so... Since that happened, uh, well, Chet I'll, has. I'll stop. I'll stop talking shit about Bill then. Yeah, and then just yeah. I think that's why Chet's afraid to come back. He's afraid he's gonna say something, jinx himself, <laughs> or something. Uh, so the Central, those three teams, all competitive. I think it's gonna be cl- it's gonna be even closer after this week. Um, and then we go to the West, my division. I'm leading this right now with the 54, 46, 10 record. Uh, the side team Alliance and the team from Atlanta, Bill and Nick are six and a half games behind me. Uh, Nick Nick has beat me twice. <laughs> Nick beat me twice this year. So. <laughs> I don't have many losses. Two of them are to Nick. Uh, one's to Eric. Uh, you lost to Bill, too. I think I lost to Bill, yeah. Uh, most of these have been recently, but Nick twice. Nick put 20 home runs up against me one week, man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was seriously ridiculous. 20 home runs. Uh, and then uh, I played Fielder. Fielder was a 10th. He... Thought he was coming back. The thing was, before this week, uh, Fielder was in last at our division, but he was only nine games back out of the division, so all four teams still pretty close. Uh, I should beat him this week, so he should be at like more than ten games. Uh, this he needed this week. He kind of needed. This was a big week for him because he was playing probably his who I think is the favorite me to win the division, so he needed to beat me. Um, but we'll, okay, let's go to the matchups. One good eight and two week will get you right back into into your division hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. If you go, yeah, but it's just hard to go eight and two. It is. It is. Uh, you got to have a good team, especially who you're playing against. So, uh, yeah, this is a good league. Everybody's pretty competitive, even if you didn't spend a lot of money. Like you're a good manager, and you're still good at like picking up players and stuff like that. So, in Bill's first year in the league, I had like a 24. He was like 24 games back and in second place, with like one month to go for the playoffs. And in those four weeks, my team slumped really badly. And he only finished a game and a half back. Yeah. It was a year that he came in second. Uh-huh. So by the time my team picked their shit up and caught on fire, then... Well, the one year you won it. it. The one year you won it, you barely slipped in. You went on like a second half run. And uh, you had like Matt Olson, Hoskins, and Chapman. And the, you already had a good pitching set, but he picked those... Like the, all those guys got called up. And you like rode those guys to like barely slipping in the playoffs and then going on a run, winning it. You're welcome. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, I, I'm pretty happy with my stats across the board this week. I mean, I would like more saves. Uh, I only got one save, but what do you, I mean, you I'll can donate only do, a couple. Please do. I have like six of them. But I got 39 runs, nine home runs, 29 RBIs, three stolen bases, 361 on base. So pretty happy with that across the board uh, offensively going into Sunday. Uh, I should hit at least 30 RBIs. I, hopefully I should hit, you know, double-digit home runs. I already have at least three stolen bases. And my goal is always, if I could get like at least over a 350 on base, I'm pretty happy. That's my goal. Uh, Fielder's team, offensively, he's pretty good. So this is this is what I'm saying. Like When you're only good on one end, you need to win those categories. Then. And if you don't, it could be really bad. Offensively, he has 28 runs. So I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure I have 11 more runs, so I should beat him in that. He's beaten me by one home run. He's, got, he's down two RBIs. He's down one stolen base. And he's down like uh, 19 points and on base. Uh, so a couple of those categories you could come back in. I could come back in home runs. Um, 
So he doesn't. Have, he has a decent week offensively. Good home runs. Good amount of runs and RBIs going into Sunday. So hopefully he hits 30-30 for both. Um, you hope to get like an, at least another steal. And on base isn't terrible. But pitching, pitching is where I, I really kill him. Uh, he's beating me 3-1 to one in saves. He'll probably beat me in saves. But uh, I got 77 Ks, a 2.68 ERA, a 1.13 whip, 8 quality starts. He's got 69 Ks, and then he's got a 5.53 ERA, a 1.43 whip, one quality start. So, like, three of those categories are really bad. Yeah, there's no way you're losing ERA, whip, and quality starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tried to pick up somebody. Uh, he's picked up Homer Bailey and Daniel Norris. So he's got four starters today to my three. He's going to try to catch me in Ks, the only category he can in pitching. But if the, the, the pitching differential is only one, he has one more pitcher than you, it's going to be hard to make up eight. Yeah, especially when strikeouts. I got – I have DeGrom going. Homer Bailey. is one of my guys. Yeah, he's got Homer Home Bailey, Bailey, Daniel Norris, Adrian Sampson, and Merrill Kelly. Uh, so he he might co- 15 he, strikeouts. Yeah, he could be me. Between the but five of them. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping. If you I got should. three guys going, you're you're solid. Yeah. So I think uh, uh, my big contributors this week, Bellinger and Trout, the number three and two players of the year. Uh, Bellinger, he got six, or six runs, two home runs, uh, just only three RBIs, actually, 391 on base. Trout's having a week for me. Six runs, three home runs, 10 RBIs, a stolen base, a 607 on base. <laughs> Just a 607. The guy's been killing it. Uh, and then Malik Smith, who, who I've picked up, uh, Darren dropped him. And since I picked him up, man, he's been killing it. Uh, in the last 30 days, he's like a top 30 player. The last 14 days, he's like, he's, cause, and he gave me what I really needed. So he's got me two stolen bases this week. Because uh, I, I was kind of like lacking in stolen bases since Lorenzo Kane wasn't doing the stealing I needed him to, which I put on auction, guys. Uh, and as soon as I put him on, he got three stolen bases. So is this is this the run? Is this the turnaround? I hope nobody wants him. I, and I hope he comes back on my team <laughs> It kills it. Okay? That's what I'm hoping. I hope he gets injured. <laughs> Whatever. I'll take that, too. <laughs> Lightly. You know. uh, like, if he gets injured, then I'll just, like, if I have to drop him, I drop I, I, I just don't want to drop him. To let him go on somebody else's team and like kill me or something like that. Right, right. Because he's still like ninety percent owned. He'd be like the highest owned nobody guy. Wants him. Well, we'll see. If, if he's still in three bases a game, somebody'll want him. It's a fluke. All right. Uh I got some good pitching performances. DeGrom's been a great pitcher. He had a ten K game. Tanaka's been really good, couple quality starts for me. And then Yamamoto, uh, from the Marlins. He had another good start for me. He's had uh, he starts again for me today, but uh, he's had two starts now, no earned runs, uh, under one whip, and like 14K. So he's pitched really well in two games uh, for for the Marlins. So I'm curious to see where that guy. I kind of picked him up as a spot starter, and then I'm gonna hold on to him. See, you know, see what happens. Yeah, run with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have Jordan Lyles. <laughs> right. Sometimes you know you just yeah you just all right. I'm gonna have to keep holding on to this guy. Nobody drafted him. He had a good couple weeks. Yeah. Keep there him. you go. Uh, fielder. Getting a good performance out of Christian Yelich, your number one player in fantasy. Six runs, three home runs, five RBIs, a stolen base, 385 on base. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, or some people call it, it's supposed to say Jordan Alvarez, even though it's the Y. But anyways, uh, a couple home runs, six RBIs out of him. That's a nice little pickup. He picked up uh, Domingo Santana this week. That was a good pickup because they were going against the Orioles this weekend, and he got a couple home runs out of him. Like If I, if I had an outfield spot, I probably would have picked it like... It just yeah. like Santana does really well. It seems like versus Domingo Santana versus bad quality opponents. When it's a good team, like he doesn't do well, but he just crushes like bad pitching. He's still a young guy. He's still coming into it. Yeah, that's true. But it was a good spot pickup. Yes. Uh, 
because he needed that guy big time because Otani, I don't know if he was paying attention, but Otani was playing in the National League this weekend. So he was only pinch hitting. He wasn't going to get any starts or whatever. But uh, Otani's got a home run and a stolen base this week for him. Um, anybody else? Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, again, I should beat him pretty bad, I think. But we'll see. The next matchup I have, the Houston Colt 45s and the Detroit Stars. So again... Uh, big division rival. All these games are going to be division rivalry matchups, but uh, you know, Houston Colts are trying to chase. The, everybody's chasing the Detroit Stars in that that division. So, big matchup. Uh, Darren's winning six to four, but like one of the categories Chris Stars is winning right now, Chris Stars uh, <laughs> is odd base percentage. They're tied with an asterisk, so he's winning the category, but it's tied with an asterisk. So it easily could go that way to uh, Darren, where he should definitely win home runs, Darren. What do I have? I think Darren's going to win. He probably already has at least five categories. This is how much is he going to win now? And he needs every category to catch up to Chris Mays. Uh, good performances. You know, uh, Yosemite Grandal has been great at catcher for him. Uh, when you get a couple home runs out of catcher, you're always happy. So two home runs, five RBIs, 364 on base. Um, Villar with the home run and stolen base. Uh, Justin Upton came back from injury. Three home runs since he's came back. Uh, but again, really good pitching coming out of some of the starters. Uh, Bueller, 22 overall, pitched a complete game last game, 16 Ks. So that's really good. Charlie Morton's the number 17 uh, starter, or 17th overall. Verlander, number four. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. He has like some really good starters right there. So that's what, like, his team kind of scares me. Like, if I had to play against the playoffs against him, like, because. With those starters, you would have to like like against Chet's team. I can like kind of like I feel like I can manage, manipulate a little bit easier on trying to what I had to get. But like when you have starters like that, like is he going to go deep and get? Is he going to throw a bunch of guys at me, or is he going to try to like just play his best pitchers against me? Because he can do that. Where I don't think Chet has his best pitchers, Lucchese, and are you going right. to and Pineda? Are you going to bl- rely on Pineda and Lucchese only? If you it, can snake ERA and WHIP, yeah, and just punch saves. Yeah, but those guys aren't even no. You, yeah, yeah, strikeouts and quality starts. Um, but like those guys, I wouldn't rely. Like you have to get 18 innings still. Like and then like okay, you're at 19 innings. And then you have a relief pitcher that goes in, Joe Jimenez, and blows up or whatever. And then you don't even have a good ERA and WHIP. So it's a very dangerous move, especially if you don't have a couple top quality yeah, starters. You have no closers, so how yeah. You, how are you gonna try and? He has Ian Kennedy. Saves. He has Ian Kennedy. Don't worry. He's been blowing Ian Kennedy. <laughs> See, Chet's trying to move. Chet gets players. He tries to like. He, now he's trying to group. Whoever, who did that? He has Ian Kennedy. I think he has another closer, maybe, or something. And then Carlos Santana is what he's been trying. He's tried to trade those three guys together. He's really trying really hard to move Carlos Santana. Uh, Detroit Stars, uh, top performers, Whit Merrifield. He should have been mine from last year, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Live and learn. Yeah, six runs, two home runs, six RBIs for him. He's the 67th player overall. Uh, Aaron Otto has had a couple home runs for him. Uh, Stanton is just coming back from him for him. That's a good guy to get back. Uh, for being at second place or third best record, I feel like Chris is going to come down to earth a little bit. I don't think his team's that good personally. I can't believe he's doing as well as he has. Yeah. I think he's overachieved. Uh, you know, sometimes that's schedule or whatever it may be. He needs to do whatever he can to salvage this versus, uh, Darren. I wouldn't, and he does not want Darren to like start coming back and run game. So like he needs to win like that on base, like that on, on base is huge swing, you know? Cause like, yeah. And it's so close. They're yeah, tied right now. They're tied with an asterisk. So, but he's getting the, you know, instead of seven, three, it's a six, four out when seven, three is just, it just seems a bigger difference. 
You know, like it's seven three, like six four, I can handle. Like, all right, it was a close matchup or whatever. Yeah, um, but seven three is tough. Especially yeah, because the leagues are the divisions are so even. Yeah, exactly. So that's a four game makeup right there. Uh, when they're nine apart right now, that's almost it's cut in half almost. Yeah, if he wins by four. Uh, so again, uh, that 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 whole division is very interesting, just because Chet's in it now. Chet's ahead of Adam, but Chris is winning. But I think I like Darren's team the best out of like total team. I think Darren is the best, most balanced team. Yes, he just yeah. needs to get them all firing on all cylinders. Yeah, uh, I don't know. All right, next matchup uh, would be the team from Atlanta versus. Uh, there's not much to say versus Nick. Uh, team from Atlanta is killing it right now. Uh, Nick's not having a good week. I wish he would have had this type of week when he played me. He's got eight home runs, but besides that, he's not very competitive in any other category. I guess four quality starts might be considered competitive if he has like he, he does have a few pitchers going today. Um, but Bill's pretty much across the board had a good week. Bill was texting me on Tuesday or Wednesday about how awesome his pitching was doing. Oh my god! <laughs> and he was. He was. It was spot on. Yeah. He just exploded right out the gate of this week. Yep. So he's having a good week, like I said, across the board. 32 runs, 10 home runs, uh, 29 RBI, 5 stolen bases with a 348 on base, 3 saves. He only has 60 Ks, though. So I don't know. He's got a couple starters. A part of it is who you match up against. Exactly, right? So You catch a team slumping for a week, and it's all over him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick just wasn't. He's gonna get dominated with that schedule or with that output. He's gonna get dominated by most teams in this week, by anybody basically. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, partly good job, Bill, but partly lucky schedule too. So. Yeah, Bill put up solid numbers across the board. Yeah. And then Nick was just weak across the board. Yeah. Uh, Bill needed this. You know, he's trying to come back. You know, trying to catch up to me in the division or whatever. So uh, this should put him a lot closer. Him and Nick were tied with the same record. So this is going to definitely put him way ahead of Nick. You know, if he wins by like eight games or something like that. This week, Bill, I hope you fall short. <laughs> I have a winning. I have a uh, winning probably pretty good. On uh, the next matchup, I have the California Angels, Victor, versus uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, Eric, who gave up a couple weeks ago. Uh, again, Eric's the last or uh, Victor is the last place team in this division, but don't count him out. Pretty good team. Pretty good, decent numbers across the board. But really, Victor's got really good pitching. If he can get his hitting to compete, like he can win some weeks. Uh, again, offensively, just a little lackluster. He's got a couple home runs from Machado this week. Um, Matt Carpenter home run, a couple stolen bases. I don't know. I know Matt Carpenter stealing bases. Uh, but it could be a big week for the Angels, as if he can... Uh, Keep this up because it looks like pitching's over. He dominated all five pitching categories. Yep, that part of the matchup is over with. So now it's Eric doing everything he can to keep on to hold because he only got he only has a one run lead. He's got three home run leads, so that should. But he needs to try to come back and RBIs or something. Uh, nice week for Victor. This is you know this will put him right back into that playoff hunt. It'll bring Eric back a little bit. So it'll make like this is what I'm saying about other teams and the other divisions. Like because I think they see Eric as a pretty good team. I do at least. Uh, but again, when you have that hard of a schedule, like you might not make the playoffs, and somebody else could slip in from another division. His pitching categories, K's, ERA, and WHIP, are both pretty all pretty weak. Yeah, weak this week. Yeah. Uh, but five quality starts is a it's a good number to throw up. Yeah, but he's also he just traded. There's been a couple of big trades for Eric. Eric traded twice. Yeah. This week, so I'm the recipient of one of them. He is now has what three out of like the four trades or something like that. Or five trades because I traded with Nick. So there's been like five trades total, and I think he's been a part of three of them. So I'm one of them was him, with you. I'm sending him Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Uh, what happened? How did you get 
Freddie, I didn't know Freddie Freeman was even. I know, I'm sure nobody wanted Abreu, so you had to make a choice. Correct. And so I got Freeman, Abreu, and Alonzo. So I have one first baseman sitting on my bench the entire year. Yep. So, uh, I mean, obviously Freeman is a trade bait, and he's a stallion. So I'm getting Chapman and uh, Shane Bieber. And everybody can always use a good quality starting yeah, pitcher. So it might help you out a little bit. Well, Third Freeman base. was like the number six player on the year, right? I think he was number nine. Yahoo has him ranked nine right now. Something, like, yeah. Uh, uh, but Chapman, I I don't have a third baseman. I've been streaming third baseman whoever's been hot for the entire year ever since Miguel and Duohar, the yeah. the Yankees went mm-hmm. down. Uh, so Chapman would fill that gap, and then starting pitcher Bieber. And now, you know, if you look at it correctly, I'm also pulling Abreu off my bench yeah. and slot in playing him. I agree. Your team probably a little better this year. But I felt like you might have sold low on Freeman. Nobody, I couldn't. I'm offering trades to people left and right. But You've offered Freeman? Nobody has a third baseman that they want to give up. Okay. And the people that anybody that did have a third baseman, they don't. They didn't need a first baseman. Okay. So it was like, at this point, this is the best I could do. Okay. And with a Brave just languishing on my bench, it's like, I'm not really giving up a lot of stats. I'm giving up OBP. But I'm getting uh, Chapman in return. Yeah, I know. So your offense is probably a little bit better because you're adding Chapman and then you're replacing Freeman with the Bray. You so it might get a little bit better. And then your pitching is definitely getting better because you're getting Bieber. But I'm saying that you might have given up one of the best keepers. True. In well, the it's $75. He is a undervalued keeper value, but he's still kind of expensive. Yeah, but uh, I mean, how much did you pay for him in the 75 or $77? In the uh, auction? In the draft, yeah. No, in the auction. I I kind of oh, I paid him I paid for him in the off season. So yes. yeah, he was like seventy seven dollars. His it, keeper value is like eighty two or eighty dollars. How much did you buy him for in the draft? In the auction draft? How much yeah. did you have to pay? Like a hundred bucks or something? Seventy seven or seventy five bucks. That's yeah. it? I yeah. thought it was more than that for some reason. Yep, right around there. Okay. Well, uh so yeah, Eric's definitely he's probably getting the better end of the deal, but it's freeing me up my first base yeah, yeah. roster spot. It's helping you out this year for sure. Yeah. Um, it's and then he, on my team. He did another deal. He then he dealt with Jay. He's. I thought it was Jay Fielder. Chris. He's getting Rafael Devers. He's getting Rafael Devers. So I, I'm, I'm guessing Jay's playing for this year. Like he, this is the move Jay made to get better for this year because Rafael Devers was considered no, it's Chris. I thought it was going to Chris. Chris no. Mays. Nope. It's not. Uh, but I thought it was a little interesting because I thought maybe. Jay would be the team that would start, you know, looking, f- be the first team to start looking towards next year, keeper wise and stuff like that. And I thought Devers would be a part of that, or, uh, but he seems to move Devers for more pieces like this year, right? Who did he, who's he getting back? Austin Riley, Jermaine Marquez, Herman yeah. Marquez. Oh, yeah. And then Kluber, who's on the DL right now. Yeah. And Perez from Minnesota's pitcher. Yeah. So, uh, he's, you know, uh, None of those guys. Kluber's a keeper, I guess, if he comes back this year and it's supposed to, you know, next year. It's still cheap, but uh, that was just a very interesting move. Unexpected, I guess. I agree. Everything was unexpected. To see those both those moves, like, I had no idea. It was just crazy. I know Eric's been trying to make trades and stuff like that, but that's two big. That's three trades now that he's made. All pretty big. Uh, I mean, I made one trade. It was like a Gausman for... Justin Turner. I just did like a little one for one swap or whatever. This, yeah. These guys are a couple of mid tier players. Blockbusters, man. Yeah, I couldn't believe uh, Eric was getting so much for or giving up so much for Devers. I mean, I guess it's a keeper if he really likes him or whatever. But 
Devers has had a good year this year, but I feel like it's he has eight stolen bases, and I don't expect him to keep stealing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I wouldn't rely on that. I don't expect stolen bases, but the power output is supposed to be legit. Yeah, for sure. But I'm saying like he's rated like he has eight steals on this year, so that's like bringing his ranking way up. I don't know if I would count on him stealing like that. I think he wants him for the cheap price. Oh yeah, for sure. He's like thirty-five bucks or forty bucks next year to keep. The next matchup, I got the Chicago Brown Bombers. The champ. First, the Zulu Giants. The champ. So first, best record versus the second best record, even though you're in fourth. All in. Uh, Gabe lost last week, I believe, to Chet. So he's already lost, you know, this, this might be two weeks in a row for the top team to be losing. Uh, do you think you're going to win this week? I, I, well, it's been neck and neck, really. Yeah. Both, all the categories. Earlier in the week, I was dominating the pitching categories, and oh, now yeah. I'm winning the hitting categories. Oh, so we yeah. swapped. Let's see what I got for you. I hope so. I have uh, I It's either going to be close or you're going to pull off the win is what I got. Uh, some standouts from Gabe. Gary Sanchez, holy moly, three home runs, nine RBIs. When you get that kind of production out of your catcher, it's always nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez had a decent week. I can't believe how bad that guy's been. Jose Ramirez, like that guy was a top five pick, and he's just been terrible. But he got a home run, a stolen base this week. Uh, Mookie Betts, seven runs, a home run, two RBIs, two stolen bases with a 393 on base, and then Conforto, a couple home runs in there. He doesn't really have like anything crazy. Gary Sanchez, that's nice. When that comes out of your catcher like that, that's a big standout. Uh, Gabe offensively, putting up all right, like, 29 runs, 8 home runs, 30 RBIs, all pretty good. Above average, I would say. 4 stolen bases, pretty good. 301 on base, that's bad. Uh, but Gabe, again, overall, a good competitive week throughout, except maybe saves. With only one save, that's not a good, you know, that's not good. Even though I only got like one save too, but just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, then you got 27 runs, 9 home runs, pretty good. 37 RBIs, really good. 6 stolen bases, that's really good. 423 on base. That's really good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And so seven save. That's really good. So, like, you've already pretty much got probably four categories, is my guess. Now you're competing for some other ones to see, you know, if you can take. K's, you guys are tied, but he has three, four starters. He's to got your, more pitchers to my. Yeah, to your two. But when you're throwing out a bunch of guys like that, oh, they're not terrible. His. I, he's going to win K's. He might snake quality starts for me. Yeah. But there's no way I'm winning ERA or whip. You could win ERA. I, J- I think you could win ERA or whip. J.A. Happ? Come on, now the guy's been garbage all year. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, though, like, if his pitchers did bad, if they had bad outings or something, there's I, not enough. I mean, if I get a couple of six inning shutouts, yeah. one run games. I'm just saying, it could happen. I'm not optimistic. No, it probably won't happen, but it could happen. Yeah. Uh, But I got you probably winning or just tying. Uh, I would settle for a tie. Yeah. Yeah. I put up 15 RBIs yesterday. Oh, yeah? It saved my RBI count. Uh, last week, Chet tried to talk some crap to me. He was like, how many times do you get 14 runs? <laughs> and I literally got, I got it the day before. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was like, uh, yesterday? <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, yesterday? He's like, are you looking at my team? I'm like, no, I got 14 runs, also seven home runs, 14 RBIs. Nice. Runs are hard to, to pick up. It was funny because he... Uh, he was trying to talk crap or whatever, but like my my offensive production for that one day was like like he was trying to brag, but my day was like way better. He just didn't hadn't looked at my team, yeah, because he had like two home runs. He do it from your phone, yeah. 
You're all excited about your RBIs and runs. Yeah, he's all looking. I'm like, whatever. Uh, so is this the last matchup I got to go to? Yeah, last matchup. Uh, Seattle Pilots versus uh, the Terrier. So, Jay, since he's talked crap to Chet over the podcast, it's gone to last, and now that he's playing Chet, Chet's up 8-0 right now. Trying to go for a 10-0. I will say Chet was talking crap before this week, saying he's going to win 18 categories in the next two weeks, playing the Pilots and Nick, the Lions. So. I'm going to go against the Karma train and say Bill is the worst manager in the league. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. He said it. It's on. It's on the air. Uh, good luck, Bob. <laughs> good it. luck. I might need it now. Uh, Jay's putting up uh, a bad week. Four offensively, he's got four stolen bases, probably his only above average category. But besides that, 22 runs, seven home runs, 24 RBIs, 328 on base, all below average. Chet's putting up a pretty good offensive week 28 runs, 13 home runs, 35 RBIs is pretty good, 391 on base with the four stolen bases. Uh, and then three saves he's got, like I was saying, he had Kennedy, got another couple saves. I was talking crap about him last week. Uh, 52 Ks is kind of low, 3.2 ERA, a 1.17 whip, five quality starts. Pitching-wise, this is probably the best you're going to see Chet's team do. Oh. Like, they're not going to do any better than this. The ERA and whip are good, but you're still giving up saves, Ks, and quality starts. Well, he's got three saves, but, yeah, I don't know if he's going to keep getting – he's got a bunch of, like – oh, he's got Sean Kelly. That's his other closer. Uh, so he's at least could compete in those ones. But, like, yeah, this is the best, the most optimistic you could be, I think, for his pitching. Like, if you were to tell him, like – because he was already talking about, like, he was going to sit some of his pitchers. Because, you know, his pitchers, some of his pitchers aren't that good. They're kind of shaky. They could go out there and do good, or they could not. Um, like, I don't think he has a top 25 starter. Lucchese is probably a top pitcher. I don't think – I would not put him in my top 25 rankings. That's tough. Then you're going for quantity over quality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I want both. I want top guys, and I want a lot of guys, like, good guys. Pitching was so expensive in the draft this year. Oh, yeah. Um. So I'm curious to see how, again, his pitching goes for it because I feel like this is the best-case scenario uh, for his pitching. For his pitchers going today? Or, no, I'm saying, like, this is for the week. Like, I don't yeah. – oh, if I'm yeah. playing Chet next week, I don't expect him to have those type of ratios again and stuff going into next week. I'm, this is the best you're going to see. Like, he's not going to get more quality starts than five. Like, that's a lot for him. Case, like – because you can see, like, he's only – 52 Ks to 59 innings pitch. So it's not like he has a high K team. He doesn't. He just uh, that, that is really low. It's a really low ratio. Yeah. I mean, Jays is even worse. Way worse. 49 Ks to 71 innings pitched. So, yeah. That's why they're not in the playoff hunt. <laughs> well, Chet's in the playoff hunt. Chet's in the playoffs right now. He is. So, and he's, he's winning 8-0 this week. He'll fall off the map. I, I'm curious to see. Uh, again, because I don't think his pitching's any good. So, I'm curious. Like, he keeps winning, though. So, uh, his uh, some standouts for this matchup. Jay's got Ozuna. He's got three runs, two home runs, six RBIs, and a stolen base. So Ozuna's been the number fourteenth player on the year, so that's really good. Uh, Donaldson has a couple home runs. Not, nothing else really like to talk. I mean, he's got uh, chipped in some stolen bases. Pitching didn't do good. Nothing really to much talk about for uh, Jay's team. Chet's team's had a couple standouts. Uh, Torres, Gleyber Torres is having a really good week. Uh, since he's gotten, uh, he's been really killing it. I don't know why Eric traded him. Ever since Eric traded him, yeah. Torres has been tearing it up. Six runs, three home runs, nine RBIs, a 389 on base. 
Uh, Carlos Santana's having another good week. He's the 23 third overall player. That's probably why Ted's trying to trade him right now. He's like, come on, dude. Yep. Big value. Yeah. Uh, five runs, two home runs, four RBIs, and another stolen base. We have three on the year because last week he had one. I was talking crap about it. And he got another one, of course, this week. Uh, and then Nick Senzel, even though he's a little bit hurt, looks like banged up, but he has three runs, two home runs, six RBIs, and a home run with the 500 on base. Uh, his top pitchers were Lucchese and Pineda, but they both had like five Ks apiece and a quality start. Like, good, but uh, I don't think they're like they're, – I wouldn't want them to be my aces, I'll tell you that. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, what a year it's been, though. Uh, again, this has probably been without the drama – we haven't, at least not yet. There hasn't been drama yet, right? Not yet. Not it's yet. Coming. But there's been a lot of uh, competitiveness. There's just been the league's been so close and like crazy. Like the 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 way like teams are going up and down. It's been the most craziest I feel like yet year. Yeah, I can't believe that there's so many people right around 500. Yeah, it's a very competitive league. Like we just week. It's just like sometimes it's luck. Like you get lucky, you have a good week, or you're playing a team that has a bad week or something like that. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see the second half and what players surge and carry a team. Yeah. And then who picks up yeah. that, that who, AAA Lore- prospect that gets called oh, up. I was thinking who gets Lorenzo Kane for a run. Yeah, so. or the Hoskins pick up, you know, in the August call-up yeah. and just tears it up. <laughs> uh, you know I'm leaving for Vegas, right? Did I tell you I'm leaving for Vegas Tuesday? No. Really? Yeah, going to Vegas Tuesday. Uh, going to be playing in the World Series of Poker Tournament nice. on Thursday. Hell yeah, congrats. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. My brother's going. He's going to be playing, too. Uh, I'll, so this episode will probably come out not, um, Monday or Tuesday, so a day or two or now. But I'm also going to record another episode tomorrow with my brother. We're going to do like a, little, a lot of poker talk and stuff like that or whatever. Um, and I'll probably drop that before I go because I kind of want to, like, in Vegas, I want to, like, record some stuff or at least. YouTube Live or Facebook Live and mess with people or something. Nice. Have supplemental a, views. Yeah, I would have a lot of fun in Vegas or whatever, so mess with people. I was there in uh, March with Tom Quartz, and we rented a Lamborghini. Oh, yeah? Highly recommend it. Yeah? It was a very exhilarating, upbeat feeling, and then we just drove around the strip with these big shit-eating grins on our face. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the coolest things I've done in the last 10 years, driving a fucking sports car. Oh, man. What's that tell you about my life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask Tom Quartz to go. No. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. Uh, maybe play some bets on some te- I am not picking baseball games very well right now. Baseball's been crazy. <laughs> like, it's been nuts. It's a home run count. Yeah, like, you, it's been crazy. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you coming. You're one of my favorite people. Thanks so, for having me. It's yeah. been a great time. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Hope you uh, enjoyed the episode. Have a good one. Bye.